deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I'm your host, CC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we have a lot of news to get to this week. Mm-hmm. But before we get there, I want to talk to you about dreams. Okay. Have you ever had a a like podcast related dream? Weirdly, I don't think so. Hmm. See, I would have been with you up until last night. Oh, uh, sure. Because I have I had my first podcast dream last night. Hmm. And and I am laying it out here because uh, as as everyone knows, we seem to have access to some sort of lathe of heaven on this show yeah and i need to get this one out there oh sure so in my dream last night uh we were preparing to travel to florida to go to the the harry potter theme park okay for the show yeah but it didn't happen because it turns out that both of us couldn't find our passport yeah well now, so and 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 you might be thinking you don't need a passport, you don't need a to, passport. Go to, yeah. to go to Florida. That did not come up in the dream. Sure. I was not able to fact check in my dream. In 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 this in this meta reality, I guess you needed a passport to get to Florida. Well, yeah, and here's another complicating factor. Mm. I don't even have a passport. You don't have a passport. I don't have a passport. So you wouldn't be able to find it even if you did have one. Right. Uh and even if we were going to Florida, and mm-hmm. needed a passport to go there, uh-huh. um, but it was very stressful because I because it we were we we were both very bummed out. It was like, oh, this is going to be like the you know the peak of the show. We're finally doing like a, a, a an episode away. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's going to be so crazy. We're going to film stuff. Oh no, we don't have passports. Mm-hmm. And so the solution that we came up with in the dream uh, was that I suggested, why don't we just play Minecraft? And go to the Minecraft Hogwarts. That sounds way better. And, and frankly, it, yeah, that sounds great. There's like the mine. There's like a million Hogwarts Minecraft mods. Um, and that that was about when I woke up. Was when was when we had fired up Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that was my this is my first ever show dream. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of surprising, really. You know, we've been doing this for a couple years now. Would have mm-hmm. thought it would have weaseled in there somehow, but no, this was the first time. And it was a very vivid, plot-driven one, which is rare for me in general with dreams. But uh, yeah, I was just, I was curious if you if you had had a similar experience yet. No, no, not yet. But it sounds like we'll be playing some Hogwarts Minecraft. <laughs> See, I, I have never played Minecraft either. Like Minecraft's literally fun. never. It's cute. Mm-hmm. It's Legos. It's yeah. Legos, but in first person. Um, I'm worried it's it, a little too creative for me. Mm. Well, I think if we're if we're going to Hogwarts, I think that all the servers and stuff that have Hogwarts are like you're not doing any Minecrafting, really. Are there people there? Like, are we? Um, is this like an MMO situation? I think sometimes it is, or you can start your own, which is what I imagine we would do. Mm. Um, because I think there's like quests and stuff that people have made. I think that people basically make like little RPGs in Minecraft and say, "This is Hogwarts. Go here." That's amazing. It's pretty cute. Um. But uh, I, 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 the part of me that worries is that is that this is this is this is a, a prophetic dream that could kind of go in two directions, mm-hmm. which is either we play Harry Potter and Minecraft or 
I lose my passport. <laughs> Which, Those are the two options. Losing my passport is an anxiety. I mean, because it's happened to me before. If I God, have I told you my passport lost story? No. I did. I have lost a passport before. This is probably like this is probably like show pre-show excitement combining with one of my primal anxieties Mm. which is losing my passport that's probably what's what caused this dream okay because i have lost my passport before Mm -hmm. before i went to england a couple years ago yeah i discovered that i did not have my passport anymore right i have no idea where it could have gone um and and it was you know not much time left before Mm -hmm. before i was going um and I, the thing that I could not remember too was that like I couldn't remember if I'd even gotten my passport because uh, I had I had reapplied for one a couple years prior to that, and I literally could not remember if I'd even received it. Sure, and I was like, and so like I had to contact like the DHS and be like, hey, I don't know if like my pass like have you seen my passport pop up anywhere. <laughs> Like, because I don't know, because the thing is, when you, when you, when you, when you apply for, like, a, a replacement passport, they ask you, like, did you lose it or did you never get it? And I was, I had to, like, contact like, them. I don't like, know. I don't know which of those it is. Mm-hmm. And, and it, so I had to go through this whole ordeal where, like, to reapply for a passport if you lost it is, like, ten times harder than applying for it the first time. Because you need to, like, get people to vouch for you. And you need, um, you need... The personal signature of like I, th- I think it's the vice president, and so I have a document. What? Somewhere. Yeah, I think I I have like a a document with like Mike Pence's signature on it somewhere. God, the I don't world know is so to- stupid. Yeah, I don't know if it has to be him, but it's like I I definitely got with my passport like a a, a a like a form letter that was like it is it is my honor to reinstate your passport. Uh, as- what does that do? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that was a whole ordeal that has stuck with me because it was a huge pain in the ass and it took forever and it was very stupid. And I have paperwork from Mike Pence now. Um, That's haunting. Uh, I'm glad I don't have a passport. This yeah. can't. Ha- this can't happen to me. This, yeah. P- never do this. Never get a passport. Never do this. <laughs> never get a passport. Not worth it because you you will just have anxiety dreams about losing it again. Mm-hmm. over and over and over again but yeah i think that's maybe what happened here it was like oh my my love of the show combined with my fear that i will have to go through that bullshit again yeah and don't if you don't have a passport it's like don't worry you can go to florida you can go we can go to florida if we if we ever we go, go if to we florida. Ever need to go to the the wizard world theme park and find tom felton chilling. like a rescue rescue mission yeah that's see that's because like i don't want to give universal and you know by extension jk rolling any money um but i would go there to rescue tom felton that mm-hmm. i think is a, is an honorable mission yeah um but uh but yeah there that's my that was my that was my show dream last night wonderful um, first the first of i was about to say the first of many but i kind of hope not because it was kind of stressful yeah but hopefully hopefully uh, it it means the better thing, and that we'll we'll maybe check out some Harry Potter Minecraft at some point. Yeah, that that definitely sounds better. That sounds better than going to Florida. No offense to anyone in Florida. Um, that being said, we have much bigger news uh, and more tangible, less dreamlike news this mm-hmm. week because Harry Potter is not just appearing in Minecraft. 
unofficially. <laughs> it may or may not be appearing on HBO uh, uh, officially soon. Untangle this for me, please. Yeah, this is a big, a, a, a big knot. I will say uh, a big tangle of of conflicting headlines Mm -hmm. on top of already by the way big asterisk i tweeted this out but for anyone who just listens to the show last week we talked about the new tom tom asheim who is like the new like head of harry potter at wb right yeah but not the movies or the video games or well so that that so that's the asterisk okay is that different different primary sources have reported on this now with different descriptions of the new job and some of them say he is in charge of those things as well interesting and and this isn't and like i was at first it was a little confusing because like of course there's like all the the blogs and stuff that pick up this stuff and just kind of rewrite it right and mm-hmm. repost it and some of them were getting it wrong but also then i checked because it was it was um i think it was variety or hollywood report or one of those that reported it first okay um but then deadline which is also like on that tier of like they have primary sources they are a, they are a scoops place right mm-hmm. they posted it with the um with the, the extra wrinkle that he is in charge of everything it's time so, for us to get some primary sources yeah I'm, I'm sick of this if anyone's listening and is a primary source and wants hit to tell us, us what's going on yeah hit us up we're we're way we're way cooler mm-hmm um but yeah so so that is that is is like tangle number one is that that is sort of like a little confusing right now but tangle number two is there was a big blowout report from again the hollywood reporter stating harry potter live action tv series is in early development at hbo max um and so i will read the original article yeah uh accio harry potter writers a Harry Potter live-action TV series is in early development at HBO Max. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that executives at Warner Media-backed streamer, uh, streaming site have engaged in multiple conversations with potential writers exploring various ideas that, the, that would bring the beloved property to television. Sources say broad ideas have been discussed as part of the early-stage exploratory meetings. While it's news that executives at HBO Max and Warner's are engaged in meetings to find a writer and pitch for a Harry Potter series. No writers or talent are currently attached as the conversations are still in the early stages and no deals have been made. There are no Harry Potter series in development at the studio or on the streaming platform. HBO Max and Warner Brothers reaffirmed in a statement to the Hollywood Reporter. So this is the original article Mm -hmm. and they acknowledge that the boilerplate response that they got was that there are no series in development. Yeah. The part where this gets very confusing is that that exact line was either pulled out of this article and paraded around as proof that it's not happening, or it was reiterated because there are several other articles that were running with this story that then said, update, Warner Brothers says there are no series in development and quoted this exact line. So Mm -hmm. either it was reiterated and it was just like the same boilerplate was sent out again, or... um, everyone is is getting confused about what order stuff happened in this article <laughs> which is very possible yeah um expanding the world of harry potter remains a top priority for hbo max and warner brothers which along with creator jk rowling controls rights to the property harry potter is one of warner's most valuable pieces of ip and then this was my favorite thing that i tweeted out uh in in parentheses 
It's also worth pointing out that while Harry Potter remains a beloved franchise, Rowling sparked backlash from the trans community after saying that transgender individuals should be defined by their biological sex. That is certainly a way of putting it. Yeah. (laughs) That is, yeah. Um, Yeah, no mention of, like, the uh, actual material damage that she has done by posting a big rallying cry for all turfs with her fucking manifesto or... Uh, you know, her fucking support of, like, actual Radfem Turf website merch that mm-hmm. she promotes on her Twitter. Yeah. Just, uh, oh, she sparked a little bit of backlash for saying something. Uh. Yeah, it's hmm. quite, quite an understatement. Yeah, a little bit of an understatement. Uh, then the article continues, news that talks are underway for a Harry Potter TV series should come as no surprise, given the value of franchise, so... Really, this just goes on to say what we've always been saying, which is like, yeah, no fucking duh. They want to make a Harry Potter TV series. Yeah. And, and I, like, it doesn't really go. It doesn't really say that they're any closer to making one, even if they're in talks. Like, of course they are. Right. They're in talks right. about making shit all the time. Yeah. That's kind of what your job is to do at, at one of these places. And they have Harry Potter, which is their biggest IP. So I'm sure that they have this meeting like yearly where they're like, mm-hmm. hey, do we want to make a Harry Potter show? <laughs> Right, like, hey, do we, is, is this the year? I'm so glad maybe. You, I'm glad you mentioned that, because this is my conspiracy theory. Sure. I think this was a test balloon. Mm. I, I think that, obviously, Warner and HBO would fucking love to have a Harry Potter TV series, right? Yeah. I feel like that's a no-brainer. I feel like that is um, something that, like, has always been on the table as like a thing that they could do and like would be a good arrow in the quiver to have for you know any streaming service right i mean like they fight over the movies enough surely getting a new tv series would probably help even more oh yeah um but the uh the part that is new this time i think is that they they put this out there because like you say i mean like talks are always happening there there are probably if there is a company out there that holds an ip that you like someone is there talking about making a series out of it yeah i'm sure that there probably is like some yearly right yeah yeah they probably I'm... sit and they look at everything they've got and they're like what could we make and you just throw right. stuff at the wall yeah, like, do we make... There's so, there's probably someone pulling for a new live-action Transformers TV series. There's probably someone pulling for... I don't fucking know. There's probably someone else trying to do another Earthsea series after that last one flopped in the 2000s, right? Like, there, someone They all just somewhere. sit around constantly, and it's their whole job to sit around and try to figure <laughs> right. out how to make as much money as possible. That is, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. And so that part is not the surprising part. But... I think that this this news kind of dovetailing with the announcement of the new brand manager, mm-hmm. I kind of wonder if this is like they're putting out feelers because if you re if you like just plug in Harry Potter into news right now, mm-hmm. um, on, on like the Google News tab, every single article is an opinion piece that is like they should not make a Harry Potter TV series right now. Right. Uh, why? So from Yahoo, why HBO needs to scrap plans for new Harry Potter series immediately. NBC, HBO's Harry Potter streaming plans would give J.K. Rowling an undeserved platform. Uh, the Like uh, uh, Insider, HBO Max series faced backlash because of J.K. Rowling. 
it's it there like that is the by far biggest headline here. Mm-hmm. Every every response is fuck no, do not make a Harry Potter TV series uh uh while JK Rowling. I mean like th- God bless them. There are multiple articles that I've seen. Um there's one from Yahoo Lifestyle uh that's called Just How Involved is JK Rowling in HBO's <laughs> Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. And the you know the the long and short of it is them is this whole article saying like well i mean like we haven't seen the contract but like she's making money off of it right? so go yeah on. she owns it yeah yeah it's her brand and so i i but and, and like that is something that like you know anyone who who follows this stuff will know obviously which is why we're getting all these articles about this but i'm i'm very curious if this might be some sort of like intentional leak to to kind of put this out there so someone can show their boss we can't move forward with this like this right um or i mean like that's that's the that's the generous read the other one is is someone saying uh uh now is not the time because all these fucking losers keep on yelling at us right but like uh, uh which is more likely i'm sure but like that 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 that's their more likely attitude but i i think that it is no mistake that we that we heard about the brand suddenly uh uh coming under new new leadership and then this this little tidbit of news slipping out and then everyone jumping on pointing out how evil jk rowling is again quite rightfully i i wonder if this is just them building a case you know like Mm -hmm. like we've got to get rid of her somehow God, I wonder what that contract is like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I I I think that so there was a tidbit um from uh uh a another article that I found very interesting that was about Fantastic Beasts and mm-hmm. I, I I don't have a source for this but it but it was um an interesting thing that that seems plausible. Uh there was an article that I read that said that J.K. Rowling's contract is pretty like unprecedented um i mean like as it would be right Mm -hmm. um but like the one one specific that we do know is that um uh uh the the article claims that um no rewrites could be made to any of her screenplays at wb without her express (sighs) permission wow um <laughs> and that was like that was like something that apparently leaked out before the first Fantastic Beast movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, of course, we know that we got Steve Cloves involved. Yeah, on the on the third movie. So I don't know whether that was their compromise of saying like, okay, well, we can't break the contract, but we will get you Steve Cloves in here, or have changes to the contract been made. Can they change? The, I, I'm I'm very curious about that. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if she just agreed to it because otherwise the project was going to get scrapped. Right. That's the other thing is that they control the keys to the project, um, so they could probably probably dangle that in front of her at least. But but yeah, I I just I can't see this news, which which again, like you say, is re- basically reporting on non news, like like total <laughs> non news. Like oh, someone someone at the rights holder suggested they make thing. With the rights they own. Oh, they want to make a TV show from Harry Potter? I'm really <laughs> shocked by I'm this. I'm really, really shocked. 
because because right of course they were of course they they want to and of course they're going to eventually um yeah i mean i could i mean i could see it with the timing with the video game and all of that and fantastic beast is such a flop like it's mm-hmm. funny how little controversy and i know it's because fantastic beast is like so out there like it's it's a ways out it's been delayed so many times but yeah. like there's no controversy around it because no one cares about it right like i'm sure i i I bet the fantastic beast controversy will kick up a bit more once trailers start coming out Mm -hmm. but like until then it's just for us nerds right like to just just read about how it's fizzing um or for how (laughs) my favorite headline this week uh uh eddie redmayne has a it could tell us one thing about uh a fantastic beast scene and it's a wet one oh yeah wet and fizzing turns out i get to the doctor for that yeah, yeah. Uh, but it turns out that that was because um, because of the delayed filming, they've had to uh, film a bunch of swimming scenes in the winter. Oh, everyone loves an underwater level. Yeah, and so I'm, but like there, there's there's an element of like you deserve that, Eddie. I'm sorry. Like th- this is oh, definitely this is, this is the suffering you deserve is is having <laughs> to fucking swim in frigid frigid water on this stupid fucking project. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I, 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 I'm very conspiracy brained about this HBO thing because no shit, they want to make a Harry Potter series, but I feel like if anything, this is a, a bellwether for like, either we should wait or we need to, we, we need to address the JK Rowling situation. Um, I don't know that, that, that new guy has a lot on his plate. That's what I'll say. The guy whose job it is to be the Joe Wrangler, mm-hmm. um, sure, sure has a lot of uh, a lot of work on his on his uh, on his docket now. Here's a question because yeah. I'm I'm super out of touch with TV, yeah, like, especially like prestige TV. I don't <laughs> really watch HBO shows or <laughs> or any of that. Um, are all HBO shows like rated R? I know that's like the um, uh, sort of stereotype right like that's what people yeah. say because they can do whatever because they're hbo mm-hmm. do they make young adult or like kids media ever yeah i mean like they have sesame street now okay um so so it's definitely not i mean like, that's the thing right is that like the the hbo reputation is gore and titties yeah that's not all their output but it is definitely like when people say i want an hbo show yeah, that's, that's what, what they, they mean. That's what they mean. Totally. Yeah. And, so, and I guess I mean, like, are any of the sh- like their originals, right? The shows that mm-hmm. they're making and don't just like own or like, I, I don't know. Are there any like PG-13 TV shows that they they produce? <laughs> I actually don't know. I Let me let me take a like look. Like PG really to PG-13? Sure. Yeah. Because like the last HBO thing that I watched. Uh was um the flight attendant and that was very rated r for sure so their shows right now what are what are hbo's shows lovecraft count uh, lovecraft country uh the undoing oh they have the perry mason show but i think that was perry mason what what with swears and and gore i think <laughs> of course um they have Westworld, so yep, that's titties and gore. They've got girls, that's titties. They've got Euphoria, that's drugs. They've got Betty, <laughs> I don't know what that is. They've got 
Insecure, I think that that is maybe the closest. I've not watched Insecure. I've heard it's good, but I, I think that's still a pretty, I mean, that that's a, HBO is a channel where you can swear, right? Like, they, right. you can say fuck without bleeping it, and that's that's yep. most of what they produce, even if yeah. it isn't, like, you know, outrageous, like Game of Thrones or whatever. I just, um, is that what we're getting? Is that what, like, if this, if these talks converted into an HBO Harry Potter show, is that what we're getting? Are we getting grown up? Uh, characters and Are titties we and gore. Euphoria, but H, but it's Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because that's because Euphoria is like their their like Riverdale, but it's like way more explicit Riverdale, right? And so, if, Jesus Christ, I I mean, I hope not, but maybe because that's what people want for sure. Like like you say, when when people say I want an HBO show, that's what they mean. That that's what that's what the thirty year old Harry Potter fans want too. Right. Yeah. And that's who is going to be buying this probably. And it's like, yeah, I guess they're making Fantastic Beasts for, you know, the family blockbuster. And those are a huge flop. But right. there is this contingent of like Harry Potter fan and they're all 30 <laughs> years old and they they want they want Ron to say fuck. <laughs> Ron, Ron should be allowed to say fuck. I, I do agree with people on that, to be fair. But yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I also don't watch enough HBO to really tell you whether it would be that uncharacteristic for them to do like a PG show. Mm-hmm. I think maybe here, here is my, here is like my very uninformed analysis here. I think maybe they look at like the success of The Mandalorian and go, oh, like family TV can still be like. Oh, you're totally right. Because right? that that show is so like sanitized and like yeah, in like all ages. Yeah, Mandal- Mandalorian is very much PG thirteen. Yeah, uh, uh, it might so, be the most PG thirteen ever thing ever made. <laughs> it's really funny because the Mandalorian has like a huge body count. Oh, just in terms so of, like, much constant death. It, it like I I watched it and it <laughs> took me like a second to like adjust to being like okay people are dying left and right and getting shot but it doesn't matter there yeah it's, it's like it's, it's, it's cartoon it's very, yeah it's cartoon it's 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 very low stakes in that in that sense life is cheap in the mandalorian um, yeah um but i i imagine they've got to be looking at this that like runaway success of of making like a star wars cartoon that everyone likes and and them going like hmm, well we've got harry potter yeah. And so maybe that's what they want to do is like Harry Potter Mandalorian. Baby Dobby. Not, not in like structure, it's, but just in like It's Baby Dobby. It's Baby Dobby. It's Baby An Dobby. Order the has show. to protect Baby Dobby. Uh-huh. Bring him to Hogwarts or something. Yeah, I don't know. I I I could imagine it going either way. Like either either they do hilarious try hard uh, uh blood and guts Harry Potter or cuz <laughs> the thing is you're right. It, 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 that is the other other side of it is that they kind of can't go wrong either way because mm-hmm. either they do the Mandalorian and it's like fun for everyone. And it's like, I mean like ideally, right? Like I'm not like, like it's like, Oh, it's fun for everyone. Everyone, the kids and the parents will love it. Um, slam dunk. Or it's going to be, Hey, all of these angsty 30 year olds want Harry to say fuck. Yeah. And we're going to give it to them. Right. Kind of can't go wrong with either of those probably. Yeah. I, I can't, I, it feels like a little bit sad to me and, and I like, I don't really care. I want Harry Potter to die as a brand for sure. Mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. the idea that like 
a Harry Potter thing could come out and like any like little kids that like Harry Potter and be like, nope, you can't watch it. It's it's a it's a blood and yeah. guts show. Like yeah. I, I feel like they won't do that. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. That would be really funny though. <laughs> no, this is this is Daddy's Harry Potter show. Go to bed. <laughs> this is for grown-ups only. <laughs> That's so stupid. Oh, God, that's so funny to imagine. That's going to be the new Lord of the Rings show, too. That's why I'm so pissed off about that. Yeah, like all the 12-year-old dorks that are reading Lord of the Rings. It's like, I want to watch Lord of the, the Lord of the Rings show. And it's like, no, there's there's blood Sorry. and guts and tits. They, and... Put elf, they put elf titties in this one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you, you can watch this when you're older. Yeah, that's a, that's a big Full bummer. frontal from Tom Bombadil. <laughs> Just a... Just right in the pilot too. <laughs> yeah, no, because so <laughs> there's the there's the infamous Game of Thrones season one thing of like you 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 remember the scene of like uh uh Littlefinger just like sitting there uh coaching like the two the two ladies <laughs> yes. on how to, how to do lesbian sex better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're just gonna get that, but it's gonna be like Tom Bombadil <laughs> banging his hot elf wife while Frodo's like, "Hey, can you like help me?" Get the ring to Mordor. <laughs> They're just walking up to his house and looking in the window. And like, whoa, what's going whoa, on in here? What's going on in there? And he's like, come on in, fellas. <laughs> I have a different, we have different social mores here in the forest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's going to be great. <laughs> that is exactly what the HBO Lord of the Rings is going to be. Fuck. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I, so this is, there's two ways this can go. I think, I think it's non-news either way, um, because of course the Harry Potter TV series is being pitched, right? Like, yeah, no, no fucking shit. I'm, I'm sure if, if, if there was someone at HBO or Warner that had like access to like the filing cabinet full of Harry Potter TV series pitches, Mm -hmm. those have got to go back years. I mean, like, like that, that, that has been bandying around for as long as Warner Brothers has had this contract with J.K. Rowling. I am sure. Yeah, it's honestly shocking that it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um. And but but like I said, I think the the I think that there is maybe it's not intentional, but like I I I can't see this coinciding with the other news any other way than like someone there has got to be thinking like we are sitting on this gold mine. If only, if only we could fucking use it, um, because I, I, I really do think that, like, the, the backlash against this, like, r- obvious rumor, um, has been so, uh, uh, universal. I mean, like, like, you know, every, every art, every article about this is just, like, even even the ones that are like hopeful for the TV series have like a paragraph that's like ah, I hope J.K. Rowling doesn't get any money very hopefully right um I just feel like announcing anything new to do with the Harry Potter brand with things as they stand now again as always never for the right reasons but like purely from a PR standpoint it would be a a big headache for WB yeah I I know we I know we've talked about it before but like J.K. Rowling has such a strong author's voice everything yes. she touches. Yes. Uh, like down to her tweets, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it is so obvious her her like writing is so 
has a very strong voice. And I feel like this unprecedented contract that WB got with her was trying to cash in on that, right? Yeah. Because people were so charmed by it. They were like, yeah. wow, this is the greatest author in the world. And like everything she touches turns to gold. And now it is <laughs> a curse. Yep. Now, like, that's the problem. Everything she touches, it is undeniable that yeah. she had her hand in it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you you can't put that genie back in the bottle. Like either she either she is not involved at all or she is. Like you know what I mean? Like like there is no there is no JK Rowling product that is going to feel like she was like merely consulted on it. You know what I mean? Mhm. It's either her voice or nobody or someone else's, but it, it's it's never going to be a mix of voices. Yeah. Um and yeah, I I mean like I I think that this gets more and more embarrassing for WB as each day passes, right? Cuz like she is she it, it 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 is so interesting to watch the JK Rowling situation being in this sort of stasis now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it, it and it's been this way for about 6 months after she last fucked off of Twitter. Yeah. Um cuz kind of the last thing she did was like promo the Ichabog and that was it. Um <laughs> Yeah, and what it, a fucking disaster that was. I I still yeah. I still remember that fucking tweet where she accidentally copy pasted that yeah. that fucking shit into that response yeah. to a child's draw. Like that I <laughs> yes. you can't yep. you can't write something that amazing. Like I can't believe that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So like the so like the cat's out of the bag with her, and now we're just in this weird limbo, right? Where like anything Anything that even remotely involves Harry Potter, the one question anyone has is, but is J.K. Rowling involved? Mm-hmm. And and they've had to be, I mean, with the video game, they've had to be insanely coy about it, right? Because the answer, I'm sorry to say, is that, like, she probably did sit in some of those meetings, right? Like, like I am sure that whoever wrote that game at least had one zoom call with her. Oh yeah. Probably outlined the story and all of that shit. Right. Yeah. Said, is this okay? Right. Yeah. Th- th- that is the thing, right? She, she has to say it's okay. Um, so I, I like, like every new thing that gets announced, that is going to be the only question anyone has. It happened with the Harry Potter game. If this was a TV show announcement, rather than this rumor, you would see the same thing happening, right? It would be everybody going like, Wow, I can't wait for this Harry Potter TV show. Shame about the J.K. Rowling thing, though. It's a varying degrees, and some people more, uh, uh, more rightfully going like, "Fuck Harry Potter, fuck this TV series." Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no, there's out outside of like you know, like outwardly turfy right wing websites. There is nobody who is going like, who is ignoring her presence, right? And mm-hmm. in fact, even those people. They're happy that she is involved and WB can't cater to them. Right. Uh, Cause they are stuck. Like, they, like WB can't pivot to serving that market. Cause they know again, never for the right reasons, but they know that would be a PR disaster. Yeah. The best that they can do is ignore it. And they have ignored it for so long. And she is like, so undeniably materially evil. Right. Like, mm-hmm. that they just can't keep doing this. I mean, like, you're, they're gonna try, God help them, they're gonna try to oh, keep they're it this gonna way try. for Absolutely. as long as they can. Um, But, like, there is no, 
JK Rowling is not going to claw her way back into anyone's good graces. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. Like, like this isn't, this isn't someone saying something kind of stupid and then walking it back a couple years later or apologizing. Sure. This is someone who has planted their flag firmly into being a monster and <laughs> yeah i mean she's like de- she's dedicating her her work to it right like yeah. uh, i mean she wrote a manifesto and posted it on her website this isn't just like bad tweets or whatever yeah. she has she fancies herself a figurehead to a hate movement more yeah. or less um so that is a very different situation to like 99% of other like hmm well this guy kind of said something stupid uh, uh, but I still like the show that they write, right? Like this, this is like, oh, she is just out and out evil, and they are just going to try and ride this out for as long as they can without doing anything. It is never, never going to work out that way for them. Um, and and I I I'm curious as to because because like even even if the answer is that they do this after. I mean, it's already well past too late, right? But like, well past, well past too late. When do they pull the plug? Um, because I think it's I think it has become clear that there's nothing they could do that that like um can get an audience to behave the same way they're behaving, which is pretending it doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. And and like and, and and while I think it is absolutely true that HBO could, I mean, like this show could come out tomorrow. It will probably make a ton of money. It will probably be um, well received, right? That could happen, and le- probably likely will happen at some point. Um, but there's nothing they can do to make that stain go away, and I think that they know that. Um, and 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 it's not a case of of um like hiding her from the public right because the public is already asking the million dollar question which is is JK Rowling making money off of this <laughs> which is which is rare right because like the the that is not a question audiences that are concerned about something always ask right like, yeah, I mean, I mean, like the best that WB could have hoped for is that it would be a George Lucas situation. And this is like far past that. Right. Because like George Lucas, no one cared if he was making money off of it because he's not fucking evil. He just did bad, bad writing. He did they, bad writing. He said some stupid stuff sometimes. But like that was about it. And and I think that like. um with with jk rowling i I think it's funny to compare this with the other ongoing situation that's similar to this right which is cyberpunk um (laughs) because the the thing that people um uh uh who are like i i don't know like i I don't even know what you call people who are like still adamant fans not of like the witcher but like fan people who consider themselves fans of cdpr and and cyber cyberpunk right um you'll see a lot of them and, and like this happens with too i mean like like, like this is a common refrain with triple a games that get reported as having you know horrible workers rights abuses right mm-hmm. i mean like this this was happening with the last of us this happens with 
uh, uh, Red Dead, this ha- any AAA game, every every AAA game that's gotten caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Um, and the defense people say of like, you know, uh, why why they're still going to buy it or play it or whatever um, is, well, it's only one, you know, it's only one person at the top who is who sucks. And like, it would suck to punish everyone else who made it. Which is a sure. child's child's understanding of like how <laughs> stuff is made. Yes, but, but like that, but like I can see how you get there, you know. But what's interesting is that with Harry, excuse me, with Harry Potter, the public has kind of skipped that one. Mm-hmm. Like when Crimes of Grindelwald came out and it sucked and everyone hated it and everyone was mad that J.K. Rowling was was part of it and and Johnny Depp was part of it and and whatnot. No one was going like. Well, but all of the gaffers and like <laughs> lighting techs, it would be a shame to punish them by not going to see this, right? Right. And so that that's a, <laughs> this is a weirdly unique position in that J.K. Rowling is is so evil and has made her position so known, uh, is that people have finally skipped that excuse and gone straight to like, well, I want to like this, but does J.K. Rowling get any money? Which, which, like, finally someone, finally someone recognizes that, like, yes, J.K. Rowling getting material support so she can materially support the evil things she wants to do is bad, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so that's, I feel like that is a unique position for the, one of these controversies, because, like, th- that is usually a very vocal minority that says that. But, like, when y- from fucking Yahoo News is, like, <laughs> do not give J.K. Rowling a platform, uh, do not give her money is it that I feel like that that's a new one for a company like WB to deal with. So yeah, because WB, that, all they want is money. They're that's like, wait, hold on. Yeah, exactly. Is, we is, want is, money. Yeah. If, if someone says I'm thinking about not spending my money, someone slams that alarm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Um, so I don't know. Like, th- this is probably me being way too optimistic. Um. And, and maybe too too generous a read of the fandom, but it is, in a weird way, very heartening to see people asking that question, uh, uh, and and saying, you know, the thing that I care about is does J.K. Rowling make money off of this? Uh, and uh, until until WB can pull a pull a Minecraft to go back to the beginning of the episode and like get Notch out of there. Yeah. Um they are going to have to keep dealing with that question. I was uh poking around on the subreddit because there's like a mega thread on the Harry Potter subreddit about the about the non-news. Yeah. Um and sentiment so you aren't allowed to talk about J.K. Rowling on the subreddit. Anymore. Right. That's a um, very funny aspect of the forum right now. <laughs> which which is hilarious. And and you can but only if it is related to Harry Potter. So no okay. politics allowed. Right, um, right, right. And so, but it seems mostly that people, even on the Harry Potter subreddit, don't want J.K. Rowling involved and they want her out and are like, oh, it would be better if she wasn't involved in writing it um, mm-hmm. because they're still on the on the um, mad about her retconning stuff. Oh, <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's the that's the real problem with her. Yeah. 
but <laughs> but what what they want, and they're obviously still like engaged fans if they're posting yeah. on the Harry Potter subreddit. Um, they are asking the question over and over again: Why isn't Harry Potter like Marvel? And saying, is yeah. this is this WB stepping into that? Because it's like, it's so obvious. They're like, why haven't they done Star Wars? Why haven't they done Marvel to Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. Um, and they can't really say that it's J.K. Rowling, but they are saying it without saying it. Right. So that they don't break the subreddit rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is... Yeah, w- WB knows that they are sitting on their own marvel with that mm-hmm. especially i mean like you know we're talking relatives here uh, uh the 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 dc movies make a lot of fucking money but like it's it, the dc movies have never quite culturally caught on the same way that the marvel ones did but they are sitting on like the golden egg that could give them their next one mm-hmm. um and and I, I i mean like i think that there are so many aspects that feed into this too right because like Again, for for like the tenth time this episode, but it bears repeating every time they are never going to do get rid of J.K. Rowling for the right reason, right? Mm-mm. But there is a very real part of the Marvel narrative that is very that is very very successful for Marvel and for Star Wars right now. Um, uh, is, is the um the inclusivity aspect right? Marvel mm-hmm. banks on that, yeah. And like that's this is not to be clear, this is not me being like. Get my get women out of Marvel, uh, 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 cynic. I just like as a material reality, they got to market so hard on the idea that Captain Marvel was a uh, uh their first like woman superhero feature, right? Like, yeah. like that. That is very clearly something that has worked for them. Um, I mean, they put a scene in. <laughs> In Infinity War of the director having a cameo and saying, like, I'm gay, actually. <laughs> I you forgot know? about that. Yeah. They have the scene where all the girls say, oh, take it, leave it to us, boys, and stuff. Like, right. That that is that is an aspect of the Marvel uh uh um uh like fandom that that, that, that is just like uh, uh uh part of the brand, right? Is that it is mm-hmm. it is an inclusive brand. They are um uh, you know, for better and worse, uh, depending on how cynically you you view it, they are they are intentionally um, making that part of the appeal of the Marvel films. And Harry Potter has that built into it because, I mean, like you, every day you see people still harping on about like, how could J.K. Rowling turn out like this when all the books are about tolerance, right? And it's <laughs> like, well, the answer is because the books are so broadly about tolerance and it's 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 essentially meaningless right but like um but like warner brothers knows that they can't they could do that Mm -hmm. they could have the cool girl witch uh they could have you know they could have as diverse a cast as they want someone there i can't remember who tweeted this but uh uh uh, credit to them this is not my idea oh i know it's uh, a friend friend of the show i believe jackson tweeted this one out um uh the you you just know that in in the hbo harry potter series there's going to be a trans character who gets to say one line and the internet won't shut up about it yeah and like that is so that is that is so true that is a hundred percent correct but warner brothers knows that they can't do that 
while jk rowling is on board i yeah. hope they know that at least if they yeah. don't know that i i would i would hope that for as craven as they are they're not that stupid you know um, well, I mean, it's very possible they see that as their opportunity, right? I mean, they'll be heroes if they kick J.K. Rowling out and then put that in Harry Potter, exactly. and then all the Harry Potter fans can be like, "Oh, oh, Guilt that free. was that was epic." Yeah, they they, they got her, <laughs> and 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 now and now you can enjoy it guilt free, no problems. The uh-huh. books were just fine. Nothing yep. weird in the book. Yeah, that 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 is the that is the ideal world that a lot of Harry Potter fans want to live in. Um. But yeah, I I think that just with like with with the actual real world damage that J.K. Rowling encourages and like contributes to and participates in, they just they that someone at least at WB knows that they can't cynically cash in on this stuff without getting rid of her. Um which I mean, is, I don't know if they'll. The, I don't know if she will let them write a show without being involved. Like, yeah, she'll let someone write a video game. I'm sure they twisted her arm on that one. Because mm-hmm. um, before, I, like, I, I think that she is so such a funny figure because it is funny to see the stuff that clearly she says is okay. Yeah, and it's all this weird peripheral stuff, like the Wonder Books, right? And it yeah. feels like the 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 property has been stuck in this arena where it's like JK Rowling will say yes to a wonder book, but it hasn't gotten like a good triple a game until this year, yeah. which just seems crazy. Um, but I, I just, I, I have a hard time imagining unless they managed to kick her out that she wouldn't be like, yeah, you can make a TV show, but I'm writing it. Right. Yeah. I mean, she she would say, "Oh, I would love, I would love to do that." They they would probably <laughs> approach her and say, "Hey, we're thinking of doing a Harry Potter TV show," and she's like, "Wonderful, I will clear my schedule." Uh, <laughs> it's like, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know what clauses, if any, exist in her contract where they can show her the door. Um, but I wonder. I wonder if it gets to the point where I mean, like they could they could probably terminate the contract whenever. It's just that they they are probably trying to avoid because J.K. Rowling, as we all know, is like like on top of just being a total shit heel, is just like a litigious shit heel, right? Like <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and so I I yeah, wonder. Yeah, but they're still WB, right? They're WB, and so like I I I feel like that's the one person or the one entity that she could not sue and get away with it, right? Like like that is probably a I, I don't know I I no, I guess she sues the Harry Potter lexicon guy, right? Like yeah, that that's yeah. what she does. Yeah, she's she's she's. She's a bully in that she won't go after bigger bullies, right? Which is what WB is. So I I don't know. This is I mean this is all complete total conjecture without seeing what that contract is like, but like I I just I imagine that they are searching for a way to get out of it um uh and to and to uh as always for the wrong reasons, but to to kick her to the curb so they can make the like marvelified Harry Potter thing that is uh, very diverse and nice and fun and uh, everyone can have a good time without uh her mucking things up for them. Yeah. God, she's so evil. Mm-hmm. 
It's totally non-news, which is why I think it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. They're they're looking for an out. Well, I hope they find one. Just because I, I mean, I would love to see the meltdown. That that's the thing, right? Is that I am I am not materially invested in getting a Harry Potter TV series. No, it's gonna suck ass. It's gonna suck ass. I don't give a shit. But what I am here for is to see J.K. Rowling get hers. <laughs> uh, and and losing a lucrative Warner Brothers contract would be delicious. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've gone pretty long, but I think that that was a um. Uh, a pretty big, big news story this week, but we have a very important chapter to get to this week. Yes, we do. We sure do. People have been waiting for it. The, the <laughs> audience is waiting. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I think, I. you know what I I will say just at the top here? I think people might be surprised. I'm, I'm surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. Um... I don't know where this discussion will go, so I guess we'll just start uh, with with the facts, shall we? Just the facts. Just the facts. This is chapter 33. It's called The Prince's Tale. Um, Voldemort comes on over the loudspeaker again um, around Hogwarts, and, and we're still we're still in the Shrieking Shack with um, Snape's body, um, and I think Hermione and Ron are there, and Harry's got the, got the memory goop, and, and Voldemort comes over the loudspeaker and says, um, cool fight. Uh, but but you you should stop because I'll kill all of you um, if Harry Potter doesn't come meet me in the Forbidden Forest in one hour. I will join the fight next, and you will all die, and I don't want that. So, um, so Harry Potter should come see me in the forest. Um, and he also does like a pretty good guilt trip in his in his his speech here, where he's like talks directly to Harry and is like, well, a lot of people have died for you. So are you going to let more people die for you? You're going to meet me in the forest. Um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione then uh, return to the great hall. Um, Hermione and Ron kind of convince Harry to do that. Um, where we see the scene of devastation. There's bodies. Uh, I don't really know how many, like maybe a lot. I'm not sure. Um, but we see the Weasleys and they're all crowded around and, you know, sobbing, hysterical, very sad all around uh, Fred's body. Um, and then nearby, Harry sees Lupin and Tonks, who are dead. Um, and oh, he is, no. they're dead. Um, he's consumed by grief and guilt and misery. And Voldemort's guilt trips really get into him. Um, and so he knows in this in this moment of, of horrible devastation there's only one thing he can do to to escape the the crushing grief, and it's break into Dumbledore's office and go into Snape's memory goop. Um, he runs up to Dumbledore's office. He puts the goop in the in the pensive um, and and goes in to view um, what are a series of cutscenes that Snape has imparted uh, to us from his death. Um, I will just go through them all. Um, the first scene, Snape is watching Petunia and Lily, um, at, at a park and it's pre Hogwarts and Lily is like doing the like little kid magic that, that, um, wizards and witches do. Um, and Snape finally approaches them and he's sort of insulting to Petunia and he calls Lily a witch and Lily's obviously muggle born. So she's like, what did you just call me? And it doesn't go over well. And so he's like, obviously disappointed. We also get a description of Snape where he's like clearly in like clothes that he's outgrown and he's like poor and stuff um the next it like goes to the next scene snape and lily are hanging out snape is telling lily everything about magic school uh they clearly became friends um 
Lily asks him about how, how, how his home life has been. It's not that good. Um, Petunia is spying on them this time and insults Snape's clothes. Um, and he gets mad and, and uh, sort of ambiguously probably does magic to like, or, or like in his anger, like dropped a branch on her head because they're like in the woods or something. Uh, and Lily's like, you did that. Uh, and Snape's like, no, no. And he's like worried about losing his friendship with Lily or whatever. Um, next scene, they're going to Hogwarts. Uh, they're at the platform, nine and three quarters. Petunia's crying. I want to go be a, be a witch too. I want to go to magic school. Um, but like Petunia has her turn here, right? She's like clearly sad, clearly jealous that she can't go be a witch. Um, but she decides in that moment, I don't want to go be a witch. You guys are actually the real freaks and they're sending you to freak school. Um, Snape kind of comes back with, with, well, you didn't think we, we were freaks when you sent a letter to Dumbledore bagging to get to go to wizard school. Um, so that's sort of like, you know, the big betrayal, the, this rift forming between Petunia and Lily. Um, we do see Snape and Lily on the train, um, to Hogwarts and they're hanging out and, and they're talking, they're friends. Snape says like, oh, I hope you're going to be in Slytherin. And that's when we see James Potter, uh, with Sirius for the first time. And James kind of steps in and insults Snape and says like, Slytherin, well, that's only for bad people. I'm going to be in Gryffindor where I'm brave. And they get in a little fight. It's like the origin of their rivalry. Um, Lily's like, Snape, let's leave. So they leave the compartment. Uh, we do see the sorting. Lily obviously gets sorted into Gryffindor. Snape gets sorted into Slytherin. Uh, we fast forward to a new scene. Uh, Lily and Snape are like mid-argument. Clearly have been at school for a while or a bit older. Um, and Lily's like, I don't know why you hang out with Mulciber and Avery. They're real bad. And Mulciber's a real creep. And they're doing dark magic. And you're you're bad. Um, and Snape's like, well, you're not any better. Lupin's a werewolf. Uh, and James sucks ass. Um Lily insults, is like, yeah, you're right, James does suck, and Snape kind of just, like, calms down, because that's all he really cared about, was hearing that Lily didn't like uh, James Potter, even though, like, James clearly has a crush on her, or whatever. Um, we then fast forward to see the aftermath of the scene that Harry saw in book five, which is the Snape getting hung out upside down and then calling Lily a slur. Snape is apologizing, but Lily is kind of putting her foot down, and is like, you know what? You're hanging out with Death Eaters. Um, you're calling me a slur. You clearly like only like me, and you think the same thing about me. Um, you've you've picked your side. I've picked mine. Bye. Um, we fast forward to Snape being quite a bit older, like probably 18 or whatever. Uh, and Snape and Dumbledore are having a confrontation. Uh, Snape is begging Dumbledore to save Lily, says that he passed on the prophecy to Voldemort. Voldemort has decided that it meant, meant Lily's kid. Uh, so Voldemort's going to kill them. And Dumbledore's not very sympathetic. He's like, you know, you, you did this. Um, but, but okay, I'll, I'll protect Lily. Um, we fast forward again. Snape and Dumbledore are, are having another confrontation where Snape is crying. Is like, I, I thought you said you would protect her. Dumbledore's like, yeah, well, um, I did my best, but they put their trust in the wrong people. James and Lily have been killed, obviously. And Dumbledore tells Snape, well, their kid lived. Uh, and you know what you have to do now, because this is all your fault, is you have to keep Harry safe uh, to make sure that Lily didn't die in vain. And Snape agrees. Um... We fast forward, uh, Dumbledore and Snape, it's like, t it's, we're in like book one timeline, right? So Dumbledore and Snape are arguing about Harry. Snape's like, I hate, I hate that kid. He's just like James. 
Um, and Dumbledore says, well, I think he's neat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we fast forward to book four timeline. Snape is telling Dumbledore about Karkaroff and Dumbledore like kind of casually asks, um, like, well, uh, if Voldemort does come back, are you going to go like be on his side? And Snape's like, no, of course not. I'm going to do more spying for you. And Dumbledore wistfully says, perhaps we sort too soon because you're really brave, Snape. And, and Snape is like upset by that. Uh, we fast forward to, again, to a scene from book six, uh, and it is Dumbledore dying after putting on the cursed ring, and Snape is, like, saving his life, and is like, well, if you had called me sooner, um, I could have saved you better, um, and you probably only have a year left to live. Um, Snape and Dumbledore kind of talk about how Draco has to kill Dumbledore, um, and Dumbledore explains... Um, to Snape that Harry is going to have a secret mission, but Snape is going to have to be the one to kill Dumbledore. It's going to be a mercy killing. They're going to save Draco's soul uh, by making Snape do it. Um, and then Dumbledore drops the big reveal here, which is that Snape will need to tell Harry at the very last moment, right before the final confrontation between Harry and Voldemort, that when Voldemort was, when the curse rebounded on Voldemort, on the night that he killed Lily and James, a chunk of his soul came off and went into Harry, and that's why Harry can talk to snakes, and that Harry will have to die uh, in order for Voldemort to die. Um, Snape gets, like, probably medium pissed off and is like, well, then what have I been doing this for? You told me I had to protect him, and now we're just going to, like, let him die. Um, but I was doing it for Lily, and Dumbledore's like, wow, really? After all this time? And then Snape casts the Patronus and says, always, it's the big moment. Um, we fast forward and get to another scene where we find out that Snape planned all the logistics of the seven potters thing from the beginning of this book. And he like imperioed Mundungus to suggest <laughs> that plan. We also get a scene of him. Like, I guess he was in the chase scene and was one, the one to accidentally curse, um, Fred's ear off or George's ear off or whichever one it was. Um, fast forward again to a new scene of Snape crying at Grimmauld Place, taking, uh, the letter that we remember, uh, Harry's had the first page of it um, earlier in this book. Snape takes the um, back half of the letter, which just has Lily's like signature and um, and stuff. And then he also like gets a photo of James, Harry, and Lily, and rips James and Harry out of the photo and takes the the photo of Lily. Um, Last scene, Snape is in the headmaster's office um, as he's the principal of the school and he's talking to Dumbledore's portrait who is like, oh, everything's going to according to plan. Now take this sword and give it to Harry, but don't let him know that you gave it to him. Um, and, and Dumbledore like literally says, like, don't worry, I've got a plan. Um, and Harry whooshes out of Snape's memories and is like, damn, I gotta die to kill Voldemort. That's the end of the chapter. Jesus, hearing all of that as like a bullet pointed list really puts it in perspective this was this, a this is crazy this is a meaty chapter i i i went into this knowing that i would become absolutely feral and that's <laughs> and that's still true i didn't expect to be as surprised by this as i am yeah i'm mad about this chapter but for entirely different reasons than i was expecting this has such weirdo energy yeah I, I did not, I really, um, I guess I'll say what I expected, which is what I said last week, which was that I was pretty sure that this was going to be the breathless, heroic redemption arc for Snape. Right. 
um, that appears to be the way most people read it, which mm-hmm. makes me like second guess my own reading of it because I'm like, how am I the only one that didn't read that here? Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure it's not. No, um, this is this is bizarro stuff for sure. This is, and I'm sorry to derail this chapter right off the fucking bat. Yeah. But this is much more of a Dumbledore as a villain reveal than it is a Snape was good all along reveal. Yeah. But the book does not, obviously does not see it that way. I don't know uh, what the book sees. I don't know what the book <laughs> is trying to do with this, frankly. I mean, I other, than, other than like a literal delivery of the facts to us, and the most important one being the ultimate reveal of what I guess was the mystery of this book that I it was it's sort of like a nobody asked sort of sort of thing for me <laughs> I forgot that it was even a fucking going concern I'm like nobody nobody's asking um but really like the the big reveal here is that Harry has to die for Voldemort to die which I thought we already knew but that's okay I don't know why that had to be delivered to us before it happened that's the thing that I'm so confused about. Yeah, like, especially when Voldemort like came over the loudspeaker and was like, "Okay, walk to your death, or everyone will die." Yeah, I would have. I would have. You. I feel like nothing would change about the like the themes and like the allegory of the story if Harry had just willingly walked out to face Vol- uh, Voldemort, died, and then resurrected to kick his ass. Right. Yeah. That doesn't. Ch- that wouldn't have changed anything about this story. Um. My major question right off the bat here, why did Snape show him all of this memory goop? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Could you have, Vol- Snape, could you maybe have cut out all of the embarrassing childhood stuff? You you, you could do that, probably. Like, just, I, yeah. just, just send him, if you have to give him the goop, just, like, give him the part where you're talking to Dumbledore and Dumbledore says... Uh, hey, you were protecting Harry, and Snape said, yep, okay, what do I gotta do next? Just put that part in. Yeah, put the part about the sword, uh, and I guess the Snape killing Dumbledore plan, and how it's actually okay, because it was a mercy killing, (laughs) and he was gonna die anyway. Um, it sort of reminded me of that DS9 episode where Quirk wants to die because he made a deal that he would, like, sell his body because he thought he was terminally ill. That's one Um, of my favorite DS9 episodes. I love that one. And he's like, I'm a Frankie, I don't go back on contracts. And so he gets Garrick and is like, okay, I need you to kill me. Yeah, I love that one. That's a great one. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like, why did Snape have to impart all of his most embarrassing childhood memories to Harry? I don't know. It's for our benefit. And then, yeah. but that leads me to the question, what do these memories tell us about these characters? And what is the story trying to say? And I'm kind of coming up empty. I'm, so I'm coming up empty on like an actual concrete answer to that. Uh-huh. But I will say, I am glad that we got all this stuff because I think there is no, there is no more detailed map of how J.K. Rowling's brain works with writing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and what the, like, fundamental problems with the wizarding world as a concept are and, like, the the things that this story willfully ignores to tell the story it wants to tell in the face of the much more interesting and, like, pressing issues with the world as, as presented in the story. Like, it is... 
this is this is the Rosetta Stone to understanding J.K. Rowling's brain. I think. Yeah. Because, definitely. Because the things we learn about not just Snape, but the things we learn about Dumbledore, the things we learn about Lily, the things we learn about Petunia, the things we learn about James and Siri, like all of these characters that are present in this story, um, uh, have with them a much more interesting path that the story could take if they were real characters mm-hmm. but instead we see characters who are intentionally you know flat which is you know not inherently bad but characters that um represent incredibly rich storytelling ideas that jk rowling chooses to ignore either because she didn't recognize the storytelling potential or she intentionally uh just like you know it it was like i'm not this is not what the story is about but like snape and dumbledore's relationship in this chapter is so fascinating um if you pretend the rest of this book doesn't exist yeah like like this this story about uh a a poor kid who never had a fucking chance uh without outside help being manipulated by his boss for the rest of his life is really kind of harrowing Mm -hmm. um and like honestly very savvy on accident um but like of course it's on accident because that is not what the story is here we are supposed to i guess pity snape and i do but not for the reason that jk rowling wants me to um and and see dumbledore in like some master genius light where whereas i'm like this is he is evil like there is this is no longer even just like um you know like neoliberal good guy dumbledore who's a little evil under the surface this is like super villain dumbledore right here yeah definitely um and uh and and snape snape is his his lackey um and i and i do feel for him but not because of, you know, the Lily thing. I feel for him just because, like, he is he is a puppet. Um, and that is th- this is <laughs> this is like accidentally such a fascinating, like, view of a, of like how a character falls into like, I mean, like in, in, in this book's own, like, you know, simplified terms, like a right wing hate group. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like watching a character very believably fall into that. And then have it used against him by the by the one person who could help him turn away from it. Ah, it's it's fascinating and entirely unintentional. Yeah, but what is the intent? I don't see that. I could not tell you. That see, part, this is this is actually like. Part, yeah, <laughs> this is a sort of unique position because of all the things that J.K. Rowling has talked about, she has sort of talked extensively about what she thinks that the intent or the message of all of this is. Yeah. Um. Let us consult the tweets. Yeah, let's consult the classic tweets. This I is... have to look up the tweets again. Yeah, so J.K. Rowling, um, this was this a Battle of Hogwarts special, or was this just a general back when she tweeted more thing? Um, I think it was just a back when she tweeted. Okay, because the Snape thing is obviously always, I mean, for, for decades at this point, Snape has been like a contested character. People have had different interpretations of him. And like J.K. Rowling finally at one point in her like Twitter having career when she was very vocal about her writing on there, 
like answered a bunch of questions about Snape and like what her intent uh, like was for him as a character that are honestly baffling to read uh, after reading this chapter. I'm trying to tell if it um, relates um, to her apologizing for killing Snape because she did do that one time but but i think that this mostly came out of the controversy because it 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 has become a very popular thing in the fandom to criticize harry naming uh his kid after snape Mm -hmm. um and so she finally tweeted the following um uh snape died for harry out of love for lily harry paid him tribute in forgiveness and gratitude this is specifically referring to the name thing Uh, i've got to say this you lot have been arguing about snape for years my timeline just exploded with love and fury yet again never changed there's a whole essay in why harry gave his son snape's name but the decision goes to the heart of who harry was post-war this morning i've been thinking a lot about the appeal of simple dichotomies in our messy world Then you raise Snape. Highly appropriate. Snape is all gray. You can't make him a saint. He was vindictive and bullying. You can't make him a devil. He died to save the wizarding world. Um, In honoring Snape, Harry hoped in his heart that he would be forgiven. The deaths of the Battle of Hogwarts would haunt Harry forever. Snape was a bully who loved the goodness he sensed in Lily without being able to emulate her. That was his tragedy. He didn't die for his ideals. Uh... He could have broken cover at any time to save himself, but he chose not to tell Voldemort that the latter was making a fatal error in targeting Harry. Snape's silence ensured Harry's victory. Harry chose to perpetuate the names of the two who had nobody in in their families to do so. I love that we we get both he died to save the wizarding world and he didn't die for his ideals in there. Uh, Two conflicting statements, I think. (laughs) Yeah, an interesting window into what she thought about when writing this and and honestly like it it is a a little bit of a shock to go from the battle of hogwarts that feels so like rote and going through the motions of a movie to this chapter which like say what you will about it but i definitely feel like she cared about this part yes this part for sure there's Uh, a lot of care in this chapter. Yes. The, I mean, th- this was a return to JK Rowling classic style writing just in terms of voice, right? Like, yeah, like it's, I mean, like it is, it is absolutely hampered by being a pensive chapter and like the most ridiculous pensive chapter. And that it literally just like, like fades between movie scenes mm-hmm. to the point where I lost count of how many, like, uh, line breaks there were with and then the <laughs> scene changed right but like <laughs> yeah but like the actual meat of the writing is very close to classic jk rowling stuff i mean in, in a way that's honestly if it was like about anything else if it was in a better book i would find it a lot more charming right mm-hmm. um because it, it, it is a welcome return to her better prose i think um rather than her like saving private Ryan prose that we've been reading for the past few chapters. But like this, I, I, it's so fascinating to hear that that that's what she thinks of Snape. And that's what she thinks of this chapter mm-hmm. because it honestly just makes it harder for me to like nail down what exactly I think this chapter is supposed to be. I mean, I think it's amazing that I don't think she thinks this chapter is actually about Dumbledore because it is much right. more about Dumbledore than it's anything so else. So much about Dumbledore. 
uh, Dumbledore is the mastermind. He is like the architect of Snape's life uh, and Harry's. Um, and there are so many interesting, apparently completely accidental parallels between Voldemort and Dumbledore and the way Dumbledore treats people and the way Voldemort treats people in this chapter that go completely unremarked upon. And in fact, go be, I mean like beyond unremarked upon, um, they are, uh, uh, explicitly not where the story is going. Um, it is, it is surreal. It, it is not just a like, well, if you squint, you can read it another way. It's like, I read this and was like, I feel weird because I am reading this, the back, the hair on the back of my neck is sticking up and I'm going, wow, what an incredible villain reveal this is. <laughs> and then remembering, no, I've read this book before. I know what happens. That's not what's going on here. Right. Um, and it is. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know how she could finish this chapter and then write those tweets. Uh, to be fair to her, at least in this one instance, I do think it is a response to questions about Snape, but I don't True. think there is really a very good response other than to readers to say you are asking the wrong questions about this chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, this chapter is playing with so many ideas that um, we have talked about on the show and it not just in this book but in many books about like the way that the wizarding world ignores some really uh dark stuff about its own makeup right like mm -hmm. like um uh um class and uh, uh dumbledore's behavior so many there's so many little things here um and it is fascinating to get to this stage of the last book and still see those popping up you know like it wasn't some it clearly wasn't something that she consciously realized was like running counter to the story she was trying to tell and she kind of tamped down on mm -hmm. which like some of this is like the ministry has been such a non-factor in this book aside from the heist um and, like, there are things that we can pick apart about the Ministry. I mean, like, like Arthur Weasley still working for the Nazis is very funny, right? <laughs> but, yeah. like, that's such, a, that's such a minor one compared to, like, the class injustice that is, like, a, a conflict between Snape and Lily and Petunia in this chapter that is, <laughs> like, central to these characters' conflicts, but never actually part of their story. Right. Um, uh and and i like it is rare i think for authors to come that close to self-critique and and not actually do it um it's very funny how how uh how much work this does to like almost be a self-reflective chapter uh and then instead is just fully just facts and lore for a future development with Harry's like Messiah complex. Yeah, I guess so. I I'm honestly like a little bit speechless. Uh, so I think the best thing that we can do is like take it from the top, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. Let's start. Can we, can we talk about the scene before the memories? Because <laughs> it's very funny. Oh um, yeah. So 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's just like every part of this that like Snape is lying dead on the ground. Voldemort just walked away for some reason, which is like so perfect, especially since he just walked somewhere else to wait. Yeah. It's like he crawled into the, the Shrieking Shack, summoned Snape. It's like, I'm waiting for Harry here. Just kidding. You're, you're dead. I'm not going to watch you die. I'm going to walk away while you're dying. And then I will loudspeaker to summon uh, Harry did to he the just, Forbidden Forest for an ass kicking. Did he just go upstairs, maybe? Well, no, because then you're in Hogsmeade. Oh, right. Well, he went to the forest. Right, yeah. So he just left. He just left the door. So he like, just walked away. Yeah, okay. Harry was right there. Um, he comes, uh, you know, over the loudspeaker. Um, and then they walk back to see all of the bodies and all the blood and all the gore and the the effed up castle. This is so funny. Why is there <sighs> blood everywhere? There's blood everywhere. It's Why? From the, it's from the bombs. It's from the bombs <laughs> and the artillery. <laughs> They're, they use spells. Where's all the blood? Co- Why is there blood everywhere? There's blood everywhere. They oh, use the sp- so some up. sword spell coming out. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, here's where we get the, is it Fred or George that died? Fred? George died. No, Fred. Fred. Yes. As, Fred as died. As everyone can tell, we are George so, is still alive. We, we are so affected by this. It's just... <laughs> It's really bothering us, and we can't keep it straight. Um, so one of one of the twins died. Obviously, it's very sad. The Weasleys are very upset. I think it's weird how Ginny is like described as sort of apart from the rest of the Weasleys. Did you catch on? Uh, yeah, right. That's really odd. I'm not sure what what we were supposed to take away from that because it's Hermione who goes up and comforts her privately, right? Yeah. Yeah, and not Harry. I mean, I guess maybe it's like Harry's perception. Oh, he's just like, oh, and it's like, oh, it's the Weasleys and Ginny. The one I care about is. Yeah, it's real weird, though. Yeah. Uh, So that's sad. And then we and then and then we look and Tonks and Lupin are also dead. Oh, no. How how are you feeling? How are you holding up? Oh, my tears were a river at this point. It was (laughs) so sad to see. So they just like got murked off screen. Yep. They didn't get to do anything cool. They just died. And I know that Harry Potter fans and J.K. Rowling will say, um, that's the point, actually, because in war, not everyone gets to be an action hero. Is this a war, though? In war- is this a- I mean, yeah, okay, no, but is this a war? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's Drek is what it is. But yeah, just just and the thing the thing that I was thinking about the most during this part was that this is not the this is like a teaser because we we are not even at the like list of bodies chapter yet. No, we just got a little preview. We just got a little preview of the the body bag scene. Yeah, um, and and I think the funniest part about this scene is that it is barely pretense for Harry to be like. Ah, oh, shit, everyone's died. Everyone died for me. What do I do? Ah, uh, guess I'll see this memory goop right away. Gotta go. His? I know it'll make me feel better. <laughs> Some goop. Harry is so funny here because his his worry as a character, I think, is entirely reasonable. Voldemort has put this doubt in his head. Everyone <laughs> is dying for you. This is your fault. And I think it is reasonable for Harry to think that, oh, no, they're dying for me. It's all my fault. Mm-hmm. 
it's 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 good when the villain gets the gets the hero on their back foot, right? Yeah. But the the thing that makes this scene so ridiculous is that like I mean, honestly, similar to the th- stuff I was hinting at with the Snape the Snape memory stuff, you see the solution right in front of you and then the book has to whisk Harry away so it can't happen because I think in any reasonable writer's story, what would happen is Harry would walk up to these mourning characters standing over Fred or George or whoever's body and say, I'm so sorry, this is all my fault. And then they would say, no, Harry, we all believe in you. We all believe in this. Uh, uh, we're doing what has to be done. Boom. Problem solved. That's or the opposite, ev- frankly. Or yeah. Or, or, yeah, or, or the- like, yeah, this is your fault. Fuck right. you. I mean, that if you're like bringing the hero to his lowest point or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. But like, but like that is, that is how any normal story would, would pan out is, is that he, this would either be like you say, uh, uh, the hero's lowest point, or it would be the moment where the hero is reassured that he is right and and has to you know and, and it just sort of has to deal with like the realities of the conflict right um mm-hmm. but like that that is such a, a like just a common boilerplate hero's journey thing to do instead harry sees that opportunity and goes <laughs> ooh, 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 okay well i'll be back later and just walk like again similar to the part at the beginning of this book where ron was being a huge asshole to Ginny. And Harry just walked away like a huge wuss. <laughs> he just does the exact same thing here. He's just like, well, I better be hitting the old trail and just walked away to go do something else while everyone else was 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 weeping. It's just what a what a loathsome little creature he is, honestly. I mean, it's so funny because it just it barely tries to have any pretense for Harry basically being required to view these memories to progress the story. And that's the problem because there is no reasonable way in this moment to have Harry go, go view a (laughs) cutscene. Right. (laughs) So Harry has to just be this self-centered little prick and walk away from this to like, go do something else to take his mind off it. Right. And like the half pretense is he's like, wow, this is so upsetting. I would, I'll do, I'll go into anyone's memories right now to get my mind off of this. I guess I have Snape's here. Oh, what do like, you it, know? It is, so, it is so funny. What do you know? I have this in my inventory. Yeah, it is, it is just ridiculous. Like, like, why, why did he not just go straight to Dumbledore? Like, the, unforced error. Why did he not just go straight there? Because he's like, this is probably important. I better go do this right now. Why didn't he just whoosh into Snape's eyeballs and see the stuff before Snape died? How about that? <laughs> I already I already proposed the only solution that this needs. Yeah, I think if I remember right, the movie excises all of this. I think in the movie, don't I think if, I could be completely wrong. because I, I Again, I have not seen it since I was in the theater, but I swear in the movie, I'm pretty sure it's like he goes up the astronomy tower mid battle. He sees Nagini kill Snape. And then Snape is like, come, come closer, Harry Potter. And like tells him he has his mother's eyes and that he's a good guy. And then that's it. I think I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes a lot more sense, even if it were like a whooshing into Snape's eyeball to view the scenes that would go a long way to explaining why 
Harry had to see all this embarrassing stuff from Snape if it was right. sort of out of control. And it and it would like have a parallel to the stuff that happened in book five where Harry rebounded the legitimacy right. and saw some of Snape's memories. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, Snape just willingly gave him like his most embarrassing moments. It's Top like a lot of them are just like moments. pretty inconsequential. Yeah. And most of them just make him look bad. Yeah. Like, like they're not they're not moments that can be read multiple ways, right? They're just like, here's me being awful. Yeah. I mean, the problem is, is that this is written in a way that I'm pretty sure should have been from like a different POV, but because mm-hmm. it's Harry, we have to see Harry see the memories. Whereas mm-hmm. I really think this is supposed to be like Snape. I mean, that's why it should be Harry just whooshing into his brain right before he dies. Cause this is like flashes. You see your life right before you die. And this is Snape seeing his yeah. life. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is like, this is Snape at the pearly gates going. Did I do good? And right, and, and Peter all going, the good and all the bad. It's like well. here's here's all the here's all the cringe, but here's all the epic <laughs> moments. So. When you go to he- when you go to heaven and you're standing at the pearly gates, Saint Peter shows you your, a, a cringe compilation and then like a wholesome <laughs> memes compilation of all the shit you did. Yeah, and then it's like, well, I I guess I guess the the cringe compilation was. 21 minutes bad. long that's pretty bad yeah. but you know you've got some good you know there's some epic moments in here you did do some cool stuff so i'll think about it <laughs> yeah yeah snape just willingly gave harry his lowest moments which i understand that we have to see as an audience but why does harry have to see those i think that these memories have such a weird I, I don't even think it's weird on purpose. And if it was weird on purpose, this would rule. But I don't, I just, I frankly don't think it is on purpose. No. And it's this bizarre detached perspective because really we're just seeing Snape do stuff, right? Yeah. And we get a little bit of what Harry, or rather, you have to assume that when the events are described, that they are through Harry's eyes. I'm thinking specifically of the very first scene and Snape is like spying on Lily and Petunia and it is described in a couple of places where Snape is like looking at them greedily. And I don't think that is Harry. I think that's authorial because I don't think that we're supposed to impart much of Harry's like subjective experience to mm-hmm. these scenes. Mm-hmm. But also we get nothing of what Snape is actually thinking. So it's this like weird, detached. It's a second person narrative. Yeah. Which is really interesting, but it really plays against what I think is supposed to be the takeaway. Right? I don't know what the takeaway is supposed to be. And that that's where I'm stuck because like I have absorbed the great Snape debate for like four years now. (laughs) And I think that people are filling in blanks and this chapter really doesn't tell us much about any of these characters at any point. Outside of like signifiers. Uh Uh-huh. Which are very interestingly interestingly chosen signifiers um, and reveal a lot more about J.K. Rowling than they do about the characters. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's, let's, let's start with like, and this is a little broad, but this is the scene that really kicks it off. Snape was born evil. Oh yeah. Uh, he is 10 years old 
And like, again, like the text says, looking hungrily at Lily. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a child. Yeah. Uh, and and he already has these like grand, uncomfortable designs textually. I um like immediately that really kind of threw me off. Yeah. Um, because this is this is not a story about a character's like slow descent, right? Or like him nope. taking the wrong path. He was ten years old and evil. He that I mean. <laughs> I, I'm having a very hard time not talking about this like chapter in not broad terms, but I think that my, the biggest eye-opening thing to me in this chapter is that I think it is presented as supposed to be this answer. Why did Snape turn against the dark side or whatever? It's very Star Wars, right? Yeah, but, yeah. And, and again, if it's intentional, I think it's cool, but the answer is he never did. He was right. the same the moment we see him first when he's 10 years old to the moment he died. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't change. Snape is very static. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that makes me question why we have to see all this. Because if the intent of the story is not to show us Snape was a static character, which ultimately is like immaterial to the story, mm-hmm. then what was the point of showing us that he was evil from birth? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I guess we saw another thing, which is that Lily is good from birth. Lily is good from like that. That is the thing is that the not only is is Snape evil from birth, but he like committed a great evil by like deigning to fall in love with a a good soul. Mm -hmm. Like he is a trespasser. I mean, like the first like the first scene Snape appears in here, he is spying. I mean, he's literally trespassing. Yeah. Um, and and that is kind of his his whole thing is is that he is a, um. And th- this is so interesting to compare with the stuff that we saw in the book five memories, where, I think for as you know for obviously as shitty as his behavior is in that book, I think I kind of walked away with a little bit of like empathy for him in that. He he is someone who fe- feels out of place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and here we revisit that idea in a very dark and interesting way, which is that like not only did he feel out of place, but he was out of place. Mm-hmm. Like 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 it is not that he made choices that made him feel alienated. This is the author. As God saying, no, you were always supposed to be alien to these people. Right. Um, I, I mean, it's like it's like irony how like the signifiers of Lily being this like pure good person is like the, we, we go in immediately and she's like swinging on a swing. And, and this is how her like out of control childhood magic is manifesting. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we remember Harry's right. He would be running from Dudley who was bullying him and he'd like s- appear on the roof or whatever, or his hair would grow long after Petunia would cut it into a horrible haircut. Lily is like on a swing and she's literally flying. She like gets the swing to the top and she floats and like slowly, like gracefully floats to the ground. And then she pulls a flower in her hand and the flower like opens and closes with magic. I mean, it's like, <laughs> Oh my Aerith God. FF seven in this shit. Like, yeah. 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 She's just an angel, uh, uh, from on high. And Snape is a horrid little goblin. Who- <laughs> 
who didn't deserve to look upon her. Yeah. Uh, it's weird, right? It's very strange. And, like, Petunia also is, like, a trespasser. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, like in, into magical knowledge and, and, like, the knowledge of this, this world that, like, belongs to pure good people, like Lily. Mm-hmm. Um... And and a, a world that will chew Snape up and spit him out because he also does not belong there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's fascinating. I mean, like the things the things that Lily, Snape, and Petunia talk about uh, as a trio in the in this uh, in these like early parts of the flashbacks are so interesting because like I'm on Petunia's side here. And I and I know that I'm not supposed to be because a- Lily is the angel child here, right? Mm-hmm. But like, I feel for Petunia learned that a better world is possible, and that she doesn't get to go there. Right, she's like, not invited. Yeah, the 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 grand injustice of the Wizarding World that I've like been saying is really weird if you think about it too hard is like laid bare in this chapter. Uh, you know, there's the joke Hagrid tells in book one that's like, if we, you know, if we told, if we told muggles about, uh, 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 magic, they'd want us to solve all their problems. And, like, that's kind of funny and, like, and, like, doesn't really register as that bad in a children's book, because, I mean, it's a children's book, and, like, the fantasy is that, like... Yeah, wizards are better. You're going to a secret club, right? Yeah, like you're, 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 you don't you don't have to do homework anymore. You get to go to to wizard homework world, <laughs> right? But by the time we're in book seven, and this book is suddenly concerned with politics and 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 class and justice and whatever, to to have a character simply be told, yeah, uh, there are people who are better than you. Sorry, deal with it. Is heartbreaking. I mean, that is the answer, right? It's deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 this I mean this is I I will get to my grand thesis on this later but like yeah, JK Rowling's like words for 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 people like Petunia and Snape are deal with it. Um which is which is very dark. Um but yeah, like 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 Petunia I I like we're so, I'm cl- I'm sure we're supposed to read it at, like maybe semi tragically, but really it's like I think are the takeaway we're supposed to have here is that like, yeah, she was, and this is why she's such a cranky bitch. Uh, <laughs> it's cause she didn't get to go to wizard school and she, she wouldn't accept that. Um, cause this is we're, we don't return to this plot line in these memories. No. Uh, Petunia gets told to stuff it and that's it. And then the memories move on. Yeah. I mean, really, I think it's supposed to be sort of an answer to a mystery, which is one of the first of like, nobody asked, <laughs> right? but it's why did Snape know me? petunia and it's like oh here's why yeah. they knew each other yeah um i mean and and so i i feel deeply for petunia in this scene um and despite him being objectively evil i also feel for snape here because like we get all of the classic jk rolling tropes here for villains oh he had a he had a bad home life oh he's poor and can't even dress himself, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we 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 are told immediately that he is he is uh, an outcast, and you know he he has problems at home. Um, uh, uh, in a very in a very eyebrow raising scene, uh, Petunia <laughs> makes fun of him for looking effeminate in the like a like the, the smock he's wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, in case it was ever a question whether Snape was queer coded or not. Um, uh, and and he the the one thing that he sort of like pridefully holds onto in this is Slytherin. Yeah. Um, uh, because he he. And like, it is so hard in these early moments to like really feel feel like all that mad at Snape because it's like, yeah, his life does fucking suck. And and he is he is like treated as an outsider and nobody understands him and he is smart. And yeah, he probably would be excited to be sorted into Slytherin because like he is he feels like he could be someone better. And Slytherin offers a very uh, uh, clear path to like, hey, if you are clever, the world's your fucking oyster, right? Like if you're if you're cunning and 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 like also isn't doesn't the world sort of deserve a little bit of of like, you know, don't you deserve to pull one over on some people? And I'm like, yeah, probably. That's probably a pretty relatable feeling to, to Snape. But like the idea, the the vision we get of Slytherin here. It's so interesting because I think this is the first time it's ever been divorced from like the uh like the aristocrat students, right? Mm-hmm. Because like for for the aristocratic students, like the Malfoys and, and what have you, it obviously has like the you know, the old money appeal. It's like legacy to them. Right. Um, but to Snape, it represents it clearly represents the stuff that honestly, like a lot of like the the people on that very wholesome slytherin subreddit that we got into <laughs> yeah believe, right which is like no it's about uh uh you know being clever and being observant and and like working hard right and like it, that is so like like this is accidentally such an incredible like uh uh portrait of a poor character falling into like conservative rhetoric right because mm-hmm. it's like yeah like i i, I kind of don't blame him his life fucking sucks and there is this place that he feels like he belongs to that is telling him yeah you do belong here because you you can claw your way out of this one buddy um yeah, yeah and he's also 10 right he right and that's the other part too, <laughs> is he is 10 and he has he has presumably a slytherin parents right who because because you know he's already there's the moment where he has to stop himself from saying no it doesn't matter if you're muggle-born um right he has to like yeah. bite his tongue and say uh no it doesn't matter rather than say like muggle-borns are the scum of the earth or whatever yeah um, so like he is clearly already being poisoned politically by his family uh and his surroundings so it's like it's a very astute writing of of this of like this class of character purely on accident i think but it is Mm -hmm. it is uh it it is very interesting especially in this moment where he meets fucking sirius and james and they are just the most awful little pukes in the world yeah i I mean like in the same way that lily's like writing is absurd with like how her magic is manifesting the scene where james um talking about gryffindor stands up and pretends to like hold up a sword (laughs) sword like i'm just like oh my god well there's the moment here too that is very funny where um uh james says that and then he like he he says something mean about slytherins Uh and then Sirius very coolly is like my entire family has been in Slytherin 
uh, and mm-hmm. James says, like, blimey, and I thought you were all right. And it's like, yeah. but like they're palling around, like it's very witty banter. Uh-huh. And I had to like stop and go like, did J.K. Rowling forget these characters are eleven in this scene? Because like Sirius <laughs> yes. is like spread like like spread out on the seat like he's like a cool motorcycle guy. Like in yeah, this scene. it's very funny. It's like who? Hold on. Again, like like Snape was born evil. Like Lily was born good. Sirius was just born cool. I guess like yeah, he was. Uh, but again, like th- this feels like it's, it's like James is going to think Sirius, who comes from a Slytherin family, is cool, and it's because Sirius comes from a rich family. Right. And even the text points out that James looks well cared for oh, and, that and is... rich, and that's the divide between him and Snape. It's not Slytherin and Gryffindor. That is the most alarming line in this whole thing, I think. Uh huh. Like just in terms of like J.K. Rowling, let me find it because it is it is like it is so. Uh, 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 like on the nose with like the the class difference between these characters that until until now she has kind of honestly smartly avoided commenting on other than accidentally and I think this is accidental as well but it like it really shines a light on her character uh, writing uh, Harry whose attention had been focused entirely on the tube beside the window saw his father slight Black-haired, like Snape, but with that indefinable air of having been well cared for, even adored, that Snape <laughs> so conspicuously lacked. <laughs> wow, huh? Yeah. Like, just saying the quiet part loud there. Mm-hmm. Really, really fascinating, I think. Um, just, uh, Snape... I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep saying this this episode, but Snape never had a chance, and like mm-hmm. that, that's it's such a such a like interesting idea that is not actually utilized here, and is instead this bizarre specter that hangs over this this chapter. Yeah. Um. But then we kind of move on to when they're a little older. Um. And Lily is still lawful good. And Snape is still evil, and he's hanging. Now he's hanging out with evil people. He got in with the wrong crowd. He got in with the wrong crowd, which is a weird distinction to have to make when he was born evil. Right? Yeah, he did get he did get sorted into the wrong crowd as well. <laughs> yeah, he was literally put in the wrong crowd that Hogwarts fosters. Yeah, uh, assigned assigned to the wrong crowd. Ass- yeah, yeah, literally assigned to the wrong crowd. Um. And, uh, uh, Lily is, you know, drifting away from him, uh, because, you know, she's natural good. Um, he, this is the first part, I guess, where we, I mean, like, other than the animal desire, <laughs> we, we learn that, like, Snape clearly has, like, you know, more, more than friendship feelings for her. Um, yeah. Um, and I will say, I do, this is, like, the one moment that I thought was actually kind of genuinely funny, um, other than well, I guess there's another part, but 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 the, early on, I I will say I do like the moment where, um, Snape was just satisfied with her insulting James or whatever. Like that's such a teenager thing. Like <laughs> that 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 was kind of cute. Yeah, um, that's the that's the Marauder CW show uh, exactly. shining through. Exactly. Um, but the rest of it is just there's a film of nasty on this scene mm-hmm. that, that doesn't need to be there with the Mulciver stuff. Yeah, there's some, I mean, it's like obviously very ambiguous and it's like, oh, Mulciber, I mean, she calls him a creep 
and says that he did something. But then it kind of backs off and is like dark magic. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that could be? But then it kind of creeps back in because it almost goes like, ah, oh, they're just boys being boys. It's basically yeah. what Snape says. And I'm just like, I don't know what this is implying, but I don't like it. I feel like it's something that was not actually implying anything in particular, but J.K. Rowling left there because she likes she like having the implication possible at all excites. Like that's how so much of her like character tension is built. Yeah. Gesturing at really dark stuff happening. Something fucked up happened something fucked here. Up. Dude, whoa, yeah. what if something fucked up happened here? Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah, fill in the blanks for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So and I guess we get some some of this like Lupin stuff as well, which is very funny in like retrospect, like in this book to have Snape be like, yeah, he's sick, always on the full moon. And because that's a mystery that works in a book for 10 year olds. But <laughs> yeah. having it be here is so funny. Yeah. I f- yes. Yeah. That is really like Dumbledore did not do a very good job of covering that one up, huh? No. <laughs> Damn, I'm sick on the full moon again? Aw. Oh. I, <laughs> I don't no feel one... like Snape had to be that smart to figure that one I out. I hope no one figures out that I'm a werewolf. Yeah, that that's really funny. Um, And we sort of get like a rehash of the like, did James save Snape or not thing. Um, Entirely unimportant. And Snape seems very unaffected by it. Like, that that felt like a defining moment in book three that, like, Snape would hold this grudge for the rest of his life and hold it against Lupin. But he seems pretty, like, casual about it in this scene. Yeah. That it should be much more fresh. Yeah. It, it reads like, it reads like serious, like, like, uh, threw a pie at him or something. Yeah. Like, it's really not the life and death scenario that we know that it was um that 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 it that it feels like here mhm uh which one's next um it's the aftermath of the bullying scene oh. where lily puts puts says you know we're on two different sides yeah. uh, and their friendship is broken yeah i don't just know just like sure sure yeah makes okay. sense i mean that's like i feel like that's just more of what we already knew um, and then the more important, st- the, like the most important stuff is this, this Dumbledore scene. Yeah. Cause it's sort of broken into these two parts. Cause we just get like Snape's sad backstory, childhood scenes that really don't serve any purpose. And then we get into the actual stuff, which is him as like a young adult and an adult, uh, answering the mystery for us. Yeah. Yeah. And this is um this is Snape's turn or the, I think we're supposed to think it is. Right. This is supposed to be like what we're supposed to see here is Snape feeling remorse for getting in with the wrong crowd and making amends. What it feels like is Dumbledore seeing someone he can control and taking full advantage of it with no remorse. Yeah, yeah. So Snape had just delivered the prophecy to Voldemort. Voldemort was like, "Oh, I think it must be that Potter kid." And Snape's like, "Oh no, oops," uh, and has gone to Dumbledore. Also, it seems like it is on site with Dumbledore. We made that joke a long we, time we, ago. We, we I, did. It sounds it sounds like that's about right. Yeah, I guess it was. Uh, 
Well, although Snape says, don't kill me, and Dumbledore says that was not my intention. Oh, okay. Never so maybe then. maybe it was sort of just like shooting one across the bow, you know? Yeah. Um, but still, you know, one degree off of on-site. Mm-hmm. So this is like sort of two parts, because Snape is like, uh, they're going to kill Lily. And Dumbledore is like, well, certainly Voldemort will listen to you, right? And obviously knows that he won't. Uh, Dumbledore promises to protect her. Um, and then in the next scene... Uh, he's like, why didn't you protect her? And he's like, oops. <laughs> it's so funny, too, because because Dumbledore. Dumbledore is mask off evil from the from the jump here, mm-hmm. because not only and like th- this is so funny because it clashes even with the textual portrayal of Lily as like perfect angel. Because if she, if we're supposed to take her as the perfect angel that the text shows her as then there is no getting around that that Dumbledore more or less uses her as a poker chip in this scene. Yeah. Like, like so uh, uh, the, the prophecy did not refer to a woman, said Dumbledore. It spoke of a boy born at the end of July. You know what I mean. He thinks it means her son. He is going to hunt her down and kill them all. If she means so much to you, said Dumbledore, surely Voldemort will spare her. Could you not ask for mercy for the mother in exchange for the son? I have. I asked him. You disgust me, said Dumbledore. So, like, <laughs> he put that idea in, in Snape's head and then immediately just like, well, you, you're, you're sick. Yeah, but then, that's messed up, dude. Skipping a paragraph um, where Harry's just sort of describing it. Um, Snape said nothing but merely looked up at Dumbledore Hide them then, he croaked. Please keep her and them safe, please. And what will you give me in return, Severus? <laughs> Dumbledore is evil. Yeah, that's evil stuff. That's evil guy stuff. That's evil guy Being stuff. Being told yeah. that, like, a, like a, this, I mean, Lily is 20? Yeah. Here, like, Snape just turned tail from the dark side, came to Dumbledore, and, like, regardless of the context of why Snape is doing it, Dumbledore is hearing that one of his his former students, one that he talked up as being so fucking brilliant all the time, too, um, is going to be murdered by Wizard Hitler. And yeah. his first thought is, what can I get out of this? Right. Psycho shit. Uh, in a way that I think is awesome. But yeah, unfortunately- it's cool. This should be the evil Dumbledore reveal, right? Like, that's what Harry should pop out of these memories and think. Like, this should be the, oh, I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong about Dumbledore. Yeah. Right. Because because then it continues. Because there's, so it's weird because there's two scenes here that take place not long after each other on the same hilltop, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, when we fade to the next scene and there's a, there's a, a really great description here where it says, Snape raised his face and he looked like a man who had lived a hundred years of misery since leaving the wild hilltop. I thought you were going to keep her safe. And Dumbledore says, she and James put their faith in the wrong person. Rather like you, Severus. <laughs> like, he is... Um, Punished. <laughs> right! Like, he is just so uncaring. Uh, and then he says, uh, uh, weren't, weren't you hoping that Lord Voldemort would spare her? Snape's breathing was shallow. Her boy survives, says Dumbledore. Uh, her son lives. 
He has her eyes, precisely her eyes. You remember the shape and color of Lily Evans's eyes, I am sure. A weird thing to say. Don't, bellowed Snape. Gone, dead. Is this remorse, Severus? I wish I were dead. And what use would that be to anyone, said Dumbledore cold. Like, Dumbledore is, 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 I mean, this is Palpatine shit. This yeah. is this this is this is not from a Jedi type shit. <laughs> like like just pure evil. Yeah. He he sees an opportunity. He see he sees Snape has revealed his deepest darkest desire to Dumbledore. And rather than saying like, "Hey man, that's not great behavior. We should like I don't know. Like we'll make a we'll do like a make work program for you. Do you want to be a teacher or something? Uh it's Dumbledore is like, I'm going to hang this over your fucking head for the rest of your life and you're going to do everything I say because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Monstrous. Evil. Like Dumbledore is so cruel here. Uh uh for someone who we are supposed to see is more or less a stand-in for God in this story. I mean, I also think that Snape's motives here are just sort of a question mark. Yeah. And I and I specifically mean when Dumbledore, you, you know, <laughs> Snape seems even by the first scene to have admitted that uh, he was willing to give up James and Harry's life in exchange for Lily's and Dumbledore yep. like scolds him for that or yeah. whatever. But then Dumbledore kind of comes at him with this like non sequitur afterward, which is if you don't want Lily to have died in vain, you'll protect her son. And he kind of goes along with that, but it kind of makes no sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really the eyes thing, I guess. Like, like, Oh, you probably will hate this kid, but he has his mother's eyes. And like that. So you have to I, like protect her eyeballs. You have to protect her genetic legacy. Did you think, do you think green eyes are hot? Snape. <laughs> but like, is that, is that really what, is it the genetic legacy of Lily that he's protecting? Because later, like when, when he finds out that Harry will have to die, he's like, well, why did I do this? Right. Cause he doesn't give a shit about Harry. He's, like we, that is pointed out to us very explicitly, like three times. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know what his actual motivations are other than like very confused. I mean, I think that's the weird part, too, right? Like, and again, I think if it was deliberate, it would be cool. But this this entire scene, having to view it through Harry's eyes, mm-hmm. but Harry doesn't have any commentary for us. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that we are supposed to see it as subjective. It it creates a bizarre detachment that yeah. makes you infer motivations that I don't think are fair to infer from any of these scenes <laughs> or the characters. Right. Yeah, it's 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 an entirely second person account that really makes Snape look pathetic, which I think, again, could be really cool. Right. Like if if Snape really did have this like really lame motivation this whole time, that would be an interesting aspect of his character, I think. But I, I don't think we're supposed to see it that way. Like, but by the time we get to the always scene a few a few jumps later. It really does feel like we're supposed to think this is like, oh, this is growth for Snape. I mean, it's sort of eerie, right? Yeah. Like, this has a real, like, horror movie eeriness to it. I mean, like, and this just continues the, like, Snape has no, had no chance thing for me. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's just like, like, Snape at his lowest came to the other side. 
Yeah. Regardless for, of his reasons for doing it and how selfish they were, he still left the, the, the bad guys, right? And Dumbledore just hangs this over his head for the rest of his life. And it is so interesting to square that with, like, very interesting class stuff in the beginning of this sequence, right? Like, like the that if if we're to take this as as the religious allegory, uh, that um, uh, that J.K. Rowling clearly wants this book to be, this is painting a very cynical portrait of uh, of uh, coming to Jesus, huh? Yeah, like. Like, Snape's only value is his material, like, benefit to the church here in this mm-hmm. in this metaphor. Um, and God is incredibly spiteful and not actually all loving and all knowing at all. <laughs> like, this is this is much more uh, cynical ex-Catholic than J.K. Rowling has ever been before. Yeah. Um, which is purely on accident i think but is very funny here because it's like oh you were uh you were a poor shitty kid who who was got in with the wrong crowd and then you finally decided to uh to come to the light well fuck you <laughs> uh i will i will make you remember your transgressions for the rest of your fucking miserable life yeah i'm also like sort of stuck on this like I don't even want to call it a detail, but when when Dumbledore says James and Lily put their trust in the wrong person, kind of like you did, how do I not read that as Dumbledore knowing ahead of time that yeah. Peter Pettigrew was going to betray them? Because he's all I mean, he's this all is the, about this is the master plan, right? Yeah, yeah. If we're if we're supposed to read this as Dumbledore is the master like puppet puppet guy, he. He he's pulling all the strings all along, and he's thinking ten moves ahead. How am I? How do I take this any other way than he knew or didn't know, but doesn't care? And just I mean, there's this other component of it is he that Dumbledore says that, and I think the text wants us to be like, oh, kind of like how Snape put his trust in Voldemort, but we never saw Snape put his trust no. in Voldemort. We saw Snape put his trust in Dumbledore. That is all we've seen. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. How is Dumbledore not the villain? How is this not the villain reveal? I am like, it is blowing my mind. Especially because there is, there is almost zero functional difference between the way that uh, Dumbledore treats Snape and we've seen Voldemort treat Wormtail. Right. Which is very interesting that they even invoke Wormtail and Peter Pettigrew in this chapter to like make that comparison jump out. Because like very interesting uh uh relationship for your like grand hero character to have with someone in the same series where everyone goes like wow isn't it crazy when when Sirius says uh uh yeah the you know the, the true measure of a man is how he treats his lessers or whatever and it's like well god is out here uh treating his his subjects like shit on purpose for material gain so I don't know. I don't know. If I mean, c- Snape is just kind of, he is just reverse Wormtail. Yeah. Um, he's also sort of the, like, sinister aspect of loyalty, right? Because it's like, Snape doesn't, 
as far I mean we can't tell because that's the thing is our perspective is so weirdly limited that mm-hmm. we don't actually get to find out what Snape cares about. We can know it's Lily, but not really why or or what he thinks about her over time other than is dedicated to her for some reason. But like the dark light thing, it's like all circumstantial yeah. to him. Yeah. Didn't Dumbledore or didn't Sirius convince Dumbledore to to let him make Pettigrew the secret keeper too? Isn't that like an aspect of it? I don't remember if Sirius convinced Lily and James. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't remember for sure, but I thought it was that like Sirius went to Dumbledore and was like, I know that it would make more sense if it was me, but then they'd probably expect that. So what if we made it Peter? I wouldn't have said this in book three because book three was for 10 year olds, but I will say it here. Uh, I think they should have known since he turned into a rat. <laughs> I think that I think that's a really good indicator. Who is the rat? Who ratted us out? We're going to trust the guy who turns into a rat. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of looks like one in real life, too, <laughs> because this is because this is the raw doll verse. And if you look evil, you are evil. <laughs> Yeah, but what if you look sallow? Oh, God, that's that's sorry to bitch about something so minor, but like, I think the word sallow gets used in this chapter 20 times. Find a shape is very sallow. Find another word. Joe, please. Not even Albus Dumbledore seemed to suspect him of working from Voldemort. Mm. Really? Why? Mm. He sure he sure seemed flippant about the whole thing. After a prophecy was made regarding Harry Potter and the Dark Lord, James and Lily Potter took their son and went into hiding. In an attempt at misdirection, they were convinced to select Pettigrew as their secret keeper by Sirius Black, who believed that no one would suspect that Pettigrew was the keeper. So I guess <laughs> this Sirius- guy sucks. No one would expect it was him. <laughs> Good plan, Sirius. Yeah, very cool plan. Okay, so I guess we don't know, but... Uh... Yeah, there's, there's, it's very hard to read that Dumbledore. I mean, I think Dumbledore cast the spell. Right. So presumably would have to know who the secret keeper would be. Yeah, and he didn't go. And do you think like when it was being cast, he was like, are you sure? <laughs> Guys, are you sure about this? Because like, did, did James and <laughs> really like approach him and be like, guess what, Dumbledore? We've decided, we finally decided who our secret keeper is going to be. Like they're like announcing their like best man at their wedding. And it's like, it's this guy. This is like when like, a... It's like when a game tells you that, like, if you go past this point, it's the point of no return. So make sure to save. He's like, "Mm, Dumbledore's like, are you sure? Are you sure? The guy who can turn into a rat? The guy who could. Okay. So hold on. So you have the cool (laughs) motorcycle guy who turns into a badass dog (laughs) or the rat man. Who turns into a rat. Mostly known for being a coward and turning into a rat. (laughs) So either, no matter what, Dumbledore is probably at fault here. Yeah. <laughs> he should, if he didn't know, he should have. Like, Yeah, definitely. If he's so all-knowing, <laughs> if he's so good at having a, being the puppet master, then he probably should have puppet, puppet what mastered do you think, this one. When he, when he heard, before he went to this meeting with Snape, when he heard, do you think he was like, oh, really? The rat guy? The, you're telling me the rat guy sold them out. Ugh. Damn. Couldn't have seen that one coming. So anyway, this 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 bizarre relationship between Snape and Dumbledore continues. Uh is the next big one the Karkarov conversation? Yes. Yeah. 
Because this is well, where- no, actually, there no uh, much weirder one. The very, very brief one where where uh, Harry has just come to school and Snape is like, he sucks oh, so much. He's just yeah. like his dad. And then Dumbledore's like, actually, all the other teachers <laughs> say he's really cool. They, they say he's based, actually. <laughs> Which is a fucking bizarre conversation for two adults to be having <laughs> about a ten-year-old. So like, yeah, this scene is 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 like, okay. First of all, like he's being a little petulant about it, but I'm sorry, Snape is right. Like, yeah, I mean, it's like a fucked up thing to say about an eleven-year-old. Like, anyway, like you don't see an eleven-year-old and be like, "Wow, <laughs> fuck that guy, fuck that kid." Yeah, uh, but. But Dumbledore's response being like, well, but actually he's really cool. <laughs> it's, he's like the he's like the coolest kid in school. It's so funny because it's like it's like Snape Snape is saying like again, he's being he's being an, a little bitch about it, but he's saying like, oh, he's arrogant, true. He has no regard for the rules, true, or anyone else around him, true. Like just just like completely also he's mediocre at magic completely true like he's always saying one-liners in my class <laughs> he's always it's sassy book one harry like yeah yeah and and dumbledore is like well actually i've heard from the other teachers that uh he's based and magic pilled and uh mcgonagall <laughs> bought him a gaming pc so you're alone on this one, man. Like he, Dumbledore is so uncaring here. This is a this is a comedy routine. This scene, like o- outside of this like grimy, shitty world that we're in, and these memories, it's like we there's just like this weird comedy scene. Is like Dumbledore's like eating chips or he's like reading the newspaper. Yeah. Oh, he's reading he's reading a magazine and like eating candy. While while Snape is pacing around the room, yeah, it's so weird, and he's just like, I think he's cool. I like <laughs> That's it. That's a cool kid. That kid. Damn, that kid's cool. Also, I love how um, in control Dumbledore is portrayed as here, because lest we forget who, because because at the end of this, he says like, keep an eye on Quirrell, will you? Mm-hmm. Which is so funny because I, I like. If we take book one's resolution in context here, entirely Dumbledore's fault because yeah, I mean, he got this, tricked <sighs> by by. So, like, he got tricked by Quirrell. Quirrell has literal Satan in the back of his head. Yeah. Um, but not only that, but like while this was happening, uh, uh, Quirrell like arranged for a fake message to be sent to Dumbledore. <laughs> So he would like leave the castle to like go to London or whatever. And, like they they sent Dumbledore one of those like, uh, uh you you have won a you cru- won a million dollars. You, you've won a cruise. He got that yeah. phone call. It was like, you've won a cruise to Hawaii. And he's like, oh, I better get my coat and like left to go to London. So Snape was left to clean up the mess and like had to go and uh, 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 solve all the potion puzzles and uh, uh, confront Quirrell or whatever. And and Dumbledore does not get to take credit for that. I mean, I think what we're supposed to think is that Dumbledore knew all along because he's the mastermind. But but I think that that casts a really weird light on book one. And like, again, this is just going to be a problem with the like genre shift yeah. that's happening but in book one i was fine at the end when dumbled when harry was like i think 
Dumbledore needed me to have this confrontation, this showdown, right? Because Harry says that in book one. He's <laughs> yeah, like, as he, an he really, he, like, he thought he thought I should have to prove myself. And when you're reading a kids book, you're like, that's kids book logic, and yeah. you're just okay with that yeah. because in some ways, that's Harry telling you about how stories are told, right? Right? Because he's like. I think that Dumbledore would want the the Act Three climax of this book to happen, right? right? Like, like that's fine. But to like ter- shift this into a young adult slash adult novel, and then try to go back and be like, yeah, Dumbledore knew all along. Like gritty adult novel, Dumbledore knew it's crazy. Yeah, because it, that because that would be fine if it was a villain reveal. It'd be like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, if if Vol- yeah, if Dumbledore was just like a negligent or like. Machiavellian like puppet master here and he was just like oh keep an eye on Quirrell and we're supposed to like take that as like him not taking the problem seriously enough because there's a guy in the school who wants to kill an 11 year old yeah we're being like oh well if Harry dies he dies right (laughs) right yeah no yeah that 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 one's bizarre and then after this we get the Karkaroff scene yeah where Dumbledore just casually is like hey are you gonna go join Voldemort when he's back this is nuts this is like so it's 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 the it's that part which is very weird but it's the bit where when when Snape says no I'm not a pussy I'm going to stay on the good team. Yeah. And Dumbledore is like, "Huh. Well, maybe maybe I maybe I shouldn't have fucked your whole life up." Anyway, and then like <laughs> leaves. Yeah. Insane. Could- maybe we sort too soon. Yeah, maybe we maybe we put eleven year olds in the fascism house too soon. Maybe, man. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't have it. I don't maybe know. Maybe that's a fucked up thing to do. Maybe it's a fucked up thing to do to put uh, uh, children who, as we learn from this chapter, are incredibly at risk for falling in with the wrong crowd, into the wrong crowd. Yeah. Maybe maybe you should uh, nurture children better at your fucking school. At your fucking magic school, At your yeah. Magic school that you run, where you're the boss and could probably say, <laughs> maybe no more Slytherin. Maybe, maybe no more racism house. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we don't need the racism uh, uh, club. Oh, all these kids are coming from really, you know, tough backgrounds. They're being poisoned by bad ideas in their families. Let's just put them all together. Let's put Let's them all together. Isolate and put them together with the aristocrats who are who believe all the same things but have great lives. Yeah, that'll that'll be great. We'll put them together and they'll even out. <laughs> even out to what? I'm not sure, but it'll make <laughs> it'll make total sense to put these guys together. Yeah. Great stuff, Dumbledore. But the but the, the it's not only that it's not only like the like the 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 sheer audacity of that throwaway line, which should be again, in a better book this would be a villain reveal and this would be showing that Vol or that I'm I'm getting them mixed up because he is evil. Uh, that Dumbledore knew all this time how fucked up the structure of the world was and did nothing but use it like use it to his advantage. Um, instead, it's the completely throwaway line that I guess is supposed to sound like, uh, uh, profound. And mostly what it does is make Snape feel like shit. Like it's another way to punch Snape while he's down to like, yeah, to, to like, to, you know, to like, let, you know, to make sure he knows his place because uh, Snape's reaction here 
as I, I, we, I, I think we can take fairly objectively from the author here, is that he just looks stricken. Yeah. I mean, because really what Dumbledore is saying here is that, oh, well, maybe if you've made different choices, then Lily wouldn't, wouldn't be dead. You're stuck with me. So I think if, if it was, like, deliberate, it's such an evil genius plan to have this, like, hat do third-party sorting. <laughs> I made, a, I made like, a, a joke at the end of last week about how... Why like why do they why do they need like an objective magical hat to sort ten year olds into brave, smart, nice, or fascist, mm-hmm. right? I could do that. But it's like with Dumbledore just dropping this casually, like it's just some something like completely out of his control. Like maybe we just sort too soon is like that's such a cool villain thing, right? It's out of his hands. They just they use an objective magical hat to mm-hmm. to, to to sort you it's it's not really his problem um but i think it's just like completely accidental yeah because it because other than being used as like a a a a knife to twist in snape's back here it doesn't it doesn't functionally mean anything to the story because harry isn't going to come out of this and say hogwarts needs to change or the wizarding world needs to change there are so many injustices in this chapter that come up like that, that like if this was if this was a moment where Harry was going to like turn away from Dumbledore would be genius. I mean, like the Petunia thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like Harry, Harry gaining some sort of like class awareness, empathy for young Petunia would be really fascinating to like realize like, yeah, why? Why? Again, in conjunction with the Ron Parseltongue thing. Like, wait, mm-hmm. it can be learned. So so what are we doing here? And and sorting is insane. Why are we doing that? All all of this is building up to a, a ending that does not happen. Yeah, it's so crazy to me to think that like the cursed child, which I know that J.K. Rowling didn't like write or whatever, mm-hmm. but what they took from that is that like Harry's son gets sorted into Slytherin and is like a good Slytherin, and I'm yeah. just like, How, what on earth? <laughs> I can't wait to read Cursed Child. The fact that like a big part of that is 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 Harry being like, I don't know if I love my son anymore. <laughs> is so funny to me. Was my son born my, evil? My son, yeah, does my son suck? Damn. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, that is that is very very weird. Um but yeah, Dumbledore Dumbledore again just like saying aloud the the thing that he is uh he is uh manipulating snape with and snape can't do a damn thing about it it's very very dark mm-hmm. uh next what's next uh next is snape saving dumbledore from certain death from the ring curse right and snape and dumbledore concocting their mercy killing plan this is the best one yeah in that we at least get to see Snape acting like the Snape we know. I love this Snape. Yeah. This this, this is, is hilarious. This is bitchy smart Snape, finally. Yeah. Because like even in these adult Snape scenes, he's he's acted very differently than we've ever seen him before. And here he's back to sort of like the 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 witty professor we know. Uh-huh. Um there's this the great line where where Dumbledore says, like uh, no, you're gonna have to kill me. And uh, Snape's like, "Okay, you want me to do it now?" Like, 
do you want time to what, what does he say like do you want time to write a eulogy or yeah um it, like that that's really good and and him like scolding dumbledore like you should have called me sooner like like this this is great i love this snape mm-hmm. i'm glad we get one last glimpse of like the snape that i that i envision you know yeah, if the story was smart, then this ring thing should be a clue. It should be a clue that Harry is realizing that Dumbledore is evil, but Snape never figured it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because because Dumbledore, I, I'm still like unclear why Dumbledore put the ring on, because we didn't have any experience with the ring firsthand, so I don't know if it just operates like a temptation device. Like, is that the curse? Because otherwise I see no reason why Dumbledore would be tempted to put on a Horcrux. Yeah, it's so weird, right? Because also none of the other characters except Ron were tempted by the Horcrux. Yeah, but Ron wasn't, like, tempted to do anything. That's true. Yeah, he just got Boromir'd. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Dumbledore just openly admitting more or less, like, yeah, I I wanted unlimited soul power or whatever is very funny. Yeah, I'm not really quite sure what he gets out of it, but something. Um, I, 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 yet another moment of J.K. Rowling probably watching movies on HBO and being like, it's cool when Frodo puts on the ring when he shouldn't or something. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> um, but this conversation they have about Draco and and the plan to, like, kind of get around this this um, uh, this this plot that's un- unfolding is very funny because, like. It is it is so weird to see Dumbledore like say, well, we can't have Malfoy kill me because he doesn't need to he doesn't need to bust his soul yet. Yeah. Which which is runs so counter to the subtext of this entire chapter that like children are just born evil. Well, and especially considering like Malfoy's entire arc well I guess non-arc in this book right it's like he had a chance to redeem himself and that could have been like a payoff from Dumbledore preserving his soul but he's been evil the whole time and he's going to continue to be evil (laughs) period yeah yeah he's just he's he's a he's a conniving little two-faced or again not two-faced very one-faced uh yeah uh, uh but he's you know he he's just he'll he'll say whatever to keep on the 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 Voldemort's uh, good side, um, and uh, uh, it's funny to see that sort of like pointed out here. Like, oh, he has he has a good soul. It's like, no, I mean by by these this book's own weird fucked up terms, he kind of doesn't actually. No, <laughs> it's it's not like there's a payoff for that. It's not like oh, D- Draco saved Harry because his soul was was. Uh, saved by Snape and Dumbledore because he do- he doesn't he like tried to burn them up and kill them or whatever like two scenes ago yeah um there's a moment here that I think we both wished happened that would have been mm-hmm. like the, the pure evil Dumbledore moment yeah uh you wanna do you wanna vocalize that one because it's it's great mm, you go for it okay there's the there's the bit where they're discussing uh, Draco's soul. Yeah. And how his soul isn't broken yet. Yeah. And then Snape's like, okay, so you want me to do it? Why? And in, like, this is, this is such a great setup for a slam dunk Ugh. where yeah. Dumbledore could just be like, uh, because you're already broken, right? You're already all busted up. You're already dude. fucked up. 
And instead, he's just like, well, because if you do it, it's a mercy killing. Which is- it's like, okay, it's like a loophole. It's like, oh, no, it's <laughs> fine. Um, killing me, as long as you know it's mercy, won't won't actually do anything bad. Which, which honestly, <laughs> like, so kind funny. of, it, it's kind of um, explaining away in reverse why it's, like, okay for Harry to use the Imperious Curse on a Death Eater. It's, like, fine if you're the good guy. Yeah, if, we, yeah, if you're good, you're, you, if you're doing it for, as we all know, there are there are tons of loopholes into salvation. I mean, it's so it's so bizarre when <laughs> when we're talking in terms of what it like feels like it's like ancient magic, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. I mean, I, I guess that's like a generous like it obviously is not established what any of it is or means. <laughs> it's all nothing. But like, I think it wants us to think that, right? This is like I. A, a primordial truth about the world but it's like Dumbledore's like ah oh, no as long as you think it's mercy then it should be fine it's so funny it just like again taking this like it's like it's presented to us as as a religious allegory this idea that there's like oh god loves it when you trick him into letting you into heaven <laughs> That's cool to do. He, he if if you if you get God on a technicality, that'll work out for you for sure. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is what God always says is that like you can you can do mortal sins as long as you like think it's okay. <laughs> That's right. As long as you as long as you have a good excuse, it's you're fine. not allowed to you're not allowed to jerk off unless you're like really horny. <laughs> It is it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to pass into heaven unless But if you push really hard Yeah, if you make a really big needle, <laughs> if you buy a really big needle with all your money uh-huh. And you pass through and say, like, look, God, I can go through and he's like, ah, oh, fine. And it's like, oh yeah, you got me. You, you got, got me. You got me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> really surreal way of viewing this allegory like mm-hmm. you can use the uh the 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 um the mind control spell that is basically only used used for evil um but if you if you cross your fingers behind your back that's then fine yeah that's okay that doesn't count <laughs> 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 if it's your cheat day mm-hmm. <laughs> It's so stupid. Uh, but it, it is cute to to get at least one last, like, fun Snape scene, at the very least. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's hilarious, um, and there's, like, a bittersweetness to it. Again, if this was the, the villain Dumbledore chapter, I love the idea of Snape not catching on. Because he's mm-hmm. so... Because, like, that that is a much better way to express that the character is guilt-ridden, I think. Mm-hmm. Because this idea that like Snape knows he fucked up, Dumbledore has dangled the fact that he fucked up over him his head for a decade at this point. Um, and I feel like there's a completely reasonable like assumption that like he would never, like he wouldn't switch sides against Dumbledore. The one, the guy that he sees is like his one ticket out of hell, basically. <laughs> um, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't recognize any of this as like. Ups- no, I mean Snape, as presented here, is like completely amoral. Yeah, yeah, he just doesn't want to rock the boat. Yeah, he doesn't. 
like seem to care. I mean, we don't know what he cares about, right? Because of this detached perspective. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, as far as we can tell, he has whatever his own motives are, and they just like kind of have nothing to do with doing the right thing. And then at the end of the sequence, I think Dumbledore does maybe the most evil thing imaginable, mm. which is, and and we're finally at the famous line. <laughs> And I, I was honestly, w- w- did you remember the context of this line? No, not at all. I've read this once before. Yeah. This is my second time reading this ever. Because, because, uh, you know, he's, he, he is very upset to hear that, um, Dumbledore's like, oh, I guess, I guess I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, huh? I forgot that there's like the Forbidden Forest conversation. Uh, that... I think comes after, doesn't it? No, I think I think it's I think it's I think it's Forbidden Force first because Snape is like, "Hey, man, I think you're using me," and Dumbledore's like, "Well, come to my office and I'll prove to you that I I I will tell you some cool stuff." And then he tells him, "Okay, yeah, Lily's kids gotta die." Yeah, and it really he's very casual. He's just like, "Oh, by the way, I do have this information that I need you to give to Harry." Yeah. Uh right right before the big the big the big battle. Yeah. Um and yes, this was always the plan. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry about it. Um uh but but the the context here is Snape is very upset and frustrated about this that like Lily's kid has had to die all along and the th- the context of the always scene is wild because Dumbledore said, d- d- like Dumbledore asks, like why do you care so much that Lily's kid has to die? Yeah, you've hated him the whole time. You've hated him this whole time. <laughs> why do you care that a seventeen year old has to die for no reason? <laughs> yeah, he even goes so far as to say, "Hey, lots of people have been dying lately." <laughs> What's another one on the pile? Um. And then, you know, Snape produces his Patronus, and he sees that it's the dough, and, and Dumbledore... It's the sexy, sexy the dough. sexy dough. And but this is the most evil thing I can imagine Dumbledore saying in this moment, which is, mm-hmm. after all this time, when <laughs> Dumbledore has purposefully, in, like, like undeniably in this, this, these flashbacks, been hanging Lily over Snape's head the entire time. Yeah, that was like his insurance. That's his because exactly. Snape doesn't care about anything else. That's all there is. Exactly. So, so there is no way I can read him asking this question as anything but mocking, because it's like, like that is that. Like, of course, Snape has been pining after her all this time. That is why he's your lackey. Yeah. It's cr- yeah. It's so cruel. Um, and I mean, again, would be genius could, would be absolutely incredible storytelling. If, if, if the takeaway was damn Dumbledore is fucked up. Yeah. I mean, I, I am so married to this idea now that like Snape never realized, but Harry realizes watching a narrative that Snape has created Mm -hmm. from his own memories and being like, wow, you were you were fucked over, buddy. Yeah. And, and not only that, but I was fucked over in the exact same way. 
Yeah. Like. Um, because also the, the part where Dumbledore is like talking about how Harry has to die and that he's like sad. He's like, sorry about it. But lots of people have died. Sounds like exactly like the conversation that Voldemort has with Snape when Voldemort kills him. And he's like, I'm sorry about it. Yeah. I like, didn't want you to have to die. Yeah, I didn't want you to have to die, but you have to die for me. And and that is the. That, that's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah. it's Sorry, buddy. It's 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 the same conversation. <sighs> the the parallels are so. And Harry just saw that conversation happen. <laughs> yeah, like in in universe, this was like five minutes ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a tragedy, right? That is the tragedy of Snape. Is Snape showing Harry these these memories and never realizing that Dumbledore and Voldemort were the same guy? Yeah, they play. They both played him the exact same way. He was he was useful to them, and then as soon as his use ran out, he got cast aside. Yeah, and he never had a chance, and he never changed. Right, and he just had his he had his upbringing and his position in life as an outsider, as an outcast, used against him the entire time. It is a shockingly astute political <laughs> character examination entirely on accident. This is, yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't feel sympathy for Snape in that, like, I support him, uh, uh, pining after Lily for 20 years, very unhealthily, right? But I understand how it was allowed to happen because no one helped him. I mean, I think it, I, we'll get into it at the end. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. want to get into the Snape Lily stuff yet, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll get into it. Um, this is, this is the big clue. Th- I mean, this is the reason this chapter is happening is that Harry has to die. Cause he, I, I guess it didn't go so far as to say there's a Horcrux in his head, but that's like the, it's like figurative language to say the same thing. And it's also why Harry can talk to snakes, which is such a funny detail. Yeah. yeah you just, you have the snake gene in your soul, I guess. Yeah, he got the, but I guess Voldemort like retained the snake part too, so that's in all of all of all up in there. <laughs> I guess I guess that's confirmation that like you're not splitting off discrete parts of your soul. That's too bad. Just just like um, percentages, I suppose. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Dumbledore used Snape and Harry, and I mean, like it, 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 the other thing too is it was so funny when we were doing research for this episode. And, like, reading, like, Reddit and Quora and, like, Stack Exchange questions about this stuff. Because there's there's the uh, common refrain of, like, when people ask, because people, you know, we are, we are not the first people to point out, hey, Dumbledore's kind of fucked in these chapters. Yeah. Um. Whenever people ask that question, like, hey, like, is it just me or is Dumbledore kind of the bad guy? The The answer is always, like, well, he's not evil he just makes mistakes a lot and it's that's so funny because like the three major thing like events in dumbledore's life that we know about now uh number one more or less uses ariana uh, uh and lets her die um uh you know by neglecting her uh, and, and kind of passing her off or whatever and then and then uh, kind of using her as a springboard for him and Grindelwald's stupid evil plan that never came together. Yeah, and then maybe accidentally shooting her. Yeah, also, duel. Yeah, maybe also. But we don't know. Her. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know who it was. So um, using Newt Scamander 
Because a big plot point in Crimes of Grindelwald is Newt's commander being frustrated with Dumbledore being like, hey, you sent me to Paris and didn't tell me why. And you knew all along that Grindelwald, this is the whole plan, wasn't it? It makes no sense. And Dumbledore's yeah. like, oh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> then uh, he uses Snape and he uses Harry. He's also on the Supreme Court. He's also on the Supreme Court. <laughs> Arguably evil. He's also the president. Uh, uh, he's like the puppet president because the president. Well, he didn't asked... want to be the president because he figured he'd have more power not being the president. <laughs> right. he'd, he'd have all those pesky rules if he was the president. So he just told the president what to he do. He wouldn't be able to rule from the shadows as well. Mm, yeah, I prefer ruling from the shadows, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be on. The, I'll just take a Supreme Court position. Thank you. <laughs> I'll just yeah. I'll just appear in all of the places that make the most decisions and uh, make them for them. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. And then like used used uh, 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 someone's death against Snape to control him for his entire life. He sucks. He's a real, real bad guy. And if those are all mistakes, they're mistakes, mistakes he kept making his entire life. So oopsie. I guess the problem is, is that when you believe in an external evil force that's going to ruin your way of life Mm -hmm. by invading it, Mm -hmm. perhaps an evil sorcerer (laughs) or people from another country or something, then you need Dumbledores to exist. That's right. And you somehow justify their existence as a result of believing that there is an external threat to your way of life. You may not like how the sausage is made, but it is delicious. Hmm. Interesting stuff. we, We just, we need these great men who will take these burdens uh-huh. upon themselves to make the decisions we can't or we don't want to make. Yeah, and, and everyone knows that if you do a mortal sin and you have your fingers crossed behind your back, it doesn't <laughs> That's count. Right. So <laughs> I'm learning a lot. If you get one over on God, he can't do anything about it. Right. In fact, he thinks that's great. He, he thinks it's cool. He loves that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So I guess now should we get into the the Lily stuff cuz it's kind of its own separate beast, really. For I mean, we could wrap up, wrap up wrap up the facts because the rest of it the rest of the memories are really funny because they're the nobody are there asked more? mystery. Are there yeah, more? because we get the scene of of Snape uh oh, <laughs> funding f- Mendungus Fletcher, Fuck, which yeah. is just like I'm like what? Yeah. Um you're right. S- yeah. yeah, Dumbledore like tells Snape like you have to tell Voldemort when th- Harry's going to be moved, which solves the mystery of Voldemort knowing when Harry was moved. <laughs> um, and then he like imperios or or confounds Mundungus into presenting the plan, <laughs> which is the Seven Potters plan. And my first question is why on God's earth are they listening to Mundungus's plan? <laughs> and I and I have. And I have to assume it's because fucking fucking Alistair Dust Ghost Moody has been coming up with the plan so far. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, well we can't do uh, Moody. Moody suggested that we all turn, we make some Dust Ghost Harrys to ride brooms, and that's not gonna work. He's really on a <laughs> just, Dust Ghost tip, so 
So, I never was like thinking that the Order of the Phoenix was like badass, but I think that like there was some like inference, like you had to be assuming that they were doing something cool. Yeah. And this book has uh, dissuaded me from thinking <laughs> that anything they do is cool yeah. or good. They mostly argue about whether or not they should kill the guys who are trying to take over the world. Uh, yeah. And then and then listen to uh, again. So there's there's the um the 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 guy who turns into a rat that got Lily killed. <laughs> And then the, it's like, oh, should we listen to the guy whose name is Mundungus, who keeps on, whose like catchphrase is like, uh, I'm gonna go betray you now. Like, we'll, we'll go, we'll go to that guy for a plan. Yeah, Moody. Well, Moody's got a lot of plans, but we're gonna put him on grim old place duty uh, to set up, set that up in case Snape tries to go there. <laughs> oh shit, that didn't work. Uh, well, let's ask Criminal McThief what we want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has a great idea on how to get Harry uh, home safe. Yeah, and so so we have that, and then we get like an action sequence where um, Snape is flying with the Death Eaters, but tries to get a, a sneaky because like one of them is about to kill Lupin, and so Snape like tries to sneakily deflect the spell, but accidentally hits. George's so, ear, and he was the one that cursed George's I, ear off. I don't think it was a def- meant to deflect because the it's so funny because Dumbledore's like, okay, if you're in the car chase, you've got to you've got to fire your gun <laughs> because otherwise they'll suspect you. But but in that sequence, it says that that spell, which was the sword spell, was aimed at the Death Eater's wrist. So he was gonna like <laughs> cut that guy's hand off. It's gonna be a little bit of friendly fire. How was he gonna explain yeah. that to Voldemort? Yeah, like, like that is easily the like the most fucked up like like way to give yourself away. Like, is that would would Voldemort be fine with it? He'd be like, yeah, that's a really common thing that happens oh, in battles. Yeah, that that happens all the time. It happens more often than you'd think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like a solid ten percent of wizard war fatalities are actually friendly fire. It's super fucked uh-huh. up. Uh, <laughs> Or Snape would just be like, I thought, you know, could you just give that guy a silver hand? Like, I saw you do it right. before. We, yeah. I saw you do that before. Do that again. It would be cool. Maybe gold this time. Make him feel mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have no idea what Snape's plan was there. But very funny. That, like, who cares how his ear got cut off? I, right. It It has, like, the cadence of like answering a mystery like we've all just been on the edge of our seat like how did george who what bastard cut george's ear off i've been really thinking about it this whole time (sighs) and then there's another part that is less of a like um a mystery like a who asked thing but it's 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 more of a like it's making me ask thing which is (laughs) the, the, the final fact part of this story yeah which is that um Snape gets his orders from a painting of Dumbledore. Yeah. And the painting is just Dumbledore. Did Dumbledore like preload his orders into the painting? I I am so curious about this. First of all, I don't think I mean this what this is whatever. This is just me being a, being a, a little pedant. But um JK Rowling does not know how long it took to do master paintings. That that took a while. You I don't I don't think someone could knock out a like Dutch master painting of Dumbledore 
uh, in like the six weeks that this book has taken place over. <laughs> sure. Very unlikely. Um, well, maybe it was that he started it because he knew he was going to die. So maybe he had it started <laughs> he like had really it early. And he was like, also, I have some memories I need you to preload into this thing. This raises so many questions about uh, the nature of paintings. Like, hello? Yeah. I mean, they're just like a new being, right? Yeah. There's no other way around it. Yeah, there's there's no fucking way around. Uh, uh, like these are just ghosts that like have like the guy's entire memory, and and it's such a missed opportunity too. Like we we were talking about this, and I was like, oh, this is why Harry couldn't be at Hogwarts, right? Because there'd just be a Dumbledore painting he could go talk to. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Like, what if it was a cool AI and it was like it was like 90 percent there, but then eerily not Dumbledore? Yeah, I mean, it would sort of be a good mirror t uh, to the literal mirror of Eriset, yeah. right? Is and, and also the like theme of like immortality and how it is impossible. Yeah, because 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 Dumbledore know. is the first person who. um uh uh harry knows um that has died and has a painting mm -hmm. and so like, he's he's interacted with all these other paintings of people who either may be fictional i mean like but he he's he's been chilling with phineas right and and he doesn't he doesn't know who phineas nigellus is so it would work on him but like I don't know, maybe he talks through a Dumbledore painting and it's like most of the way there, but then it just whenever he asks like a tough question, it's like, Do you want some candy? <laughs> I don't know. Like Yeah, like it just like isn't quite right. Um that could be cool. Yeah. It's a real missed opportunity, but here it's just like the most baffling possible choice to like have Dumbledore die and have that be a big deal and have Snape going like, That's so fucked up, I can't believe I have to kill you. And then for just there to be Dumbledore in a painting again. Yeah, and Dumbledore is like continuing to give him orders. This is the answer to the mystery of, which is funny because it's the answer to the sword part. Um, but it's already sort of answered because we saw his Doe Patronus. But this is the explicit Dumbledore told Snape to deliver the sword to Harry, but don't see him. Don't interact with Harry. We wouldn't want any characters interacting in this goddamn book. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. So those are the facts. They are bonkers facts. Um, but I think now we should move on from the world of facts. Oh, we also missed a scene where where Snape goes back to Grimmauld Place and cries and takes the letter that Lily wrote, rips it, rips the bottom part off with her signature. Well, I think I think that rest. that's a great transition into the other half of this, right? Yeah. Which is the Lily stuff. The Lily yeah. the Lily Snape stuff, the big debate over the, the as you say, the great Snape debate. Yeah. So what what's going on with Snape and Lily in this chapter? The great Snape debate is like is Snape a nice guy in, you know, Scare Reddit quotes. terms, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Or is he a romantic hero? Right? Is this his his redemption mm -hmm. and it's actually romantic. And my answer is like neither. And I'm not sure if either 
it's like any of those camps have like reread this. <laughs> yeah, this is peak. Like, I'm not sure anyone reread the series. This is a this is a vision of a nightmare. Yeah, this is this is horror movie stuff, and I don't even mean that in a way that like I am like mad. Like, I don't think that Snape is like bad. I mean, he is, mm-hmm. but he he's not like I'm not like oh what a creep. I'm like the depths to which this is weird go beyond (laughs) both of those um both of those assessments of the text i think yeah there is something like deeply wrong with snape as presented by these memories yeah it is deeply unhealthy um and and very dark in a way that i think if it had been coupled with the like intentional evil Dumbledore story where Dumbledore was just dangling this over his head the whole time, it would make total sense. Right. Like, yeah, like Dumbledore's goal would be to keep Snape in a state of like perpetual childlike yearning to make him tick. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and like from that perspective, it's very interesting, but like from, trying to assess it as either romantic or like creepy it's just like you say like it's it's really beyond either of those i i think that people really make a lot of inferences here and i'm not even really sure which ones are intended but none of them i think you can make i know i said that earlier but yeah can you make the inference this is a romantic obsession not necessarily i don't think that's true like the one Um, the one thing that suggests like normal romance is like the the james like the 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 james bit right where he's like yeah the like glimpse of the cw show that we get in the middle but honestly that reads more as just a changing obsession that snape has yeah over the course of his life but the obsession itself is never really given anything I mean, I, I don't blame people for assuming that because that is sort of the like obvious assumption and it kind of like goes through the motions of that. But I don't know. The first time we see it is is him looking greedily at them when he's 10 years old. Yeah, it's 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 honestly closer to like serial killer fiction, if anything. Right? It is. Like, that is how it's written. Yeah. Like like it's 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 uh it's beyond any like easily comprehensible uh like relatable feeling because like it's not like like i i think i said this pre-reading this chapter a few times but there's a part of me that like doesn't or didn't rather uh uh entirely hate the snape this like the snape uh uh like backstory that i had in my head Mm-hmm. Really, because like I don't know, I I enjoy like a good unrequited love story, right? Sure. Like those those are fun. They hurt. It's good character motivation. Um, it's like uh, like it's it's a it's a like a universal emotion, right? Like it's 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 uh, it's it's not um, I I don't think an unreasonable way to, direction to take characters, and this goes well beyond that. Like mm-hmm. like this is this is primal obsession uh stuff this this is serial killer stuff this is i mean i mean like specifically like criminal again criminal minds type stuff right like 
Oh. Yeah, but maybe unintentionally, maybe as like a result of the weird perspective that the story is told from, which is like an objective one. Yeah. That's really confusing, but like it, like it does veer into that stuff a lot. The stuff about how Snape is, again, I'm stuck on this like non sequitur of Lily dying. Him hating Harry and James and continuing to, right? He doesn't impart ever any value onto them from Lily, right? There's no, there's none of that. And I don't think that that's supposed to be there. And and J.K. Rowling even said in that thread, no, he never had a, fa- he never had a fondness for Harry. Um, right. It was purely about Lily or, or whatever, whatever she said. But it, it veers off into this weird area where it's like Dumbledore somehow manages to hoodwink him into thinking that he's like a, a like, executing Willy, Lily's will right. by protecting her, like, eyeballs that are in her son uh-huh. that is, like, so bizarre. Like protecting and... her physical legacy, I guess, is the closest thing to it. It's v- Right, and I, I just can't get close to saying, like, oh, what a nice guy, what a fucking, like, Creeper. MRA. I'm like, no, that's, like, I'm. this is Criminal Minds. This is him. If Harry dies, he's going to cut out his eyeballs and put him in a jar on his mantle, yeah. right? Yeah, because Because Dumbledore, Dumbledore is the one who puts the idea of the eyes mattering in his head, even. Yeah, it's like, it's like Dumbledore did a psychology spell on Snape and transferred the value of Lily and her very soul into like Harry Potter's eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. It- that's, that's crazy. And I don't even mean like a bad, I mean like if that was the story that was being told here, whatever. Yeah. It's probably more creative than her other stupid <laughs> shit that she writes, you know, like more creative than the serial killer fiction she's trying to do. But I, yeah. I'm just like honestly speechless at that's how this thing, reads. Right? Is, is we've seen her do serial killer fiction in book six and she's really bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so it's funny that she kind of accidentally tapped into it here in like what I, ass- I assume it, ha- I, 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 I have to assume that the intent is romantic, but there's so little there to go on other than like, it has the cadence of a romantic thing, right? Like, or le- that I know that this is this author trying to write a romance or like a, like a, like a tragic romance, but it's, you think I, I, I think she thinks that, you know, because like in that thread, she talks about like, oh, he fell for her innate goodness that he could never emulate or whatever. Or and and like, I, I, I think it's I think she thinks it's meant to be a tragic romance thing. But there's nothing in the text that supports that. I I, I don't know. I'd see a lot of like Snape defenders being like, well, it's because it's really like it's deeper than that. It's friendship. She was the first person to ever show uh, kindness. And I think that's also just an ass pull. Yeah, we have total. No, no way. We have absolutely nothing here to support that other than just complete inference. Yeah. And also she wasn't really like that nice to him in the scenes we saw. Uh-uh. Like, like, I mean, like, I mean, not, not like unreasonably, to be fair, like he, he was spying on her. He called her an insult. Like he, he hurt her sister. Like, yeah, not, not, not saying she should have uh, um treated it better, but like, yeah, like there's no, there's no moment here 
where we get like the like oh i'm the only one that understands him like fan of the opera thing right like that never happens here i i i'm sort of at a loss yeah this is not what i expected no it's it's really just unsettling i guess is the best way i can put it like there's the i mean the the, the scene where he rips harry and james out of a photograph and just keeps her is is like that's going in some weird shrine that he has in his house like that is so weird and 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 obsessive yeah and i think like i think that it is a mistake to read this is where i'm stuck i'm stuck at the intent of this being a tragic romance Mm -hmm. mostly from the it feels like it is so heavy-handed to say that he went and discarded her her words and her husband and her son and kept her love and her name from that letter. Like, I don't think you can get much more heavy-handed than that. Yeah, it's pretty... It's like, this is a bad dude. Yeah. Like, this guy is, like, unhinged, yeah. right? Yeah, I th- I think my, my only, like, def- like, defense is that, like, I, I think... I think that is meant to be true at the same time as... Um, uh isn't it so isn't it so romantic that he's like like it's 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 saying that he's fucked up but i think that there is a especially in conjunction with the always scene i think that there is meant we we are meant to infer some kind of like oh but it you know he's fucked up but he is dedicated right and so it's, that's bad. Yeah, no, it's, it's really not bad. good. I don't know. Again, not saying it's good or uh, like like <laughs> uh, uh, romantic, but I think that she thinks that maybe that's romantic in a in a like twi- in a twisted way. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess so. I mean, I like yeah. I can fix him. I know it, but like <laughs> I, I I get that. I'm but I, I just. I skipped ahead because I was so shocked by this. Yeah. And I went to the, the start of the next chapter um, because I wanted to know what Harry's reaction to this was. Right. Because we are seeing it through Harry's eyes. And this is some like weirdo, weirdo stuff. He has like nothing to say about Snape. And he's like in his internal monologue. And I get that he's had this like bomb dropped on him. But he's basically like, oh, I guess I have to die. Right. And I think that is also where I kind of come down on jk rowling thinks that this is like some understandable like romantic motivation like ah i see (laughs) because because like exactly it is harry harry sees all this insane shit and instead of going damn this guy wanted to buffalo bill my mom uh that's fucked up he goes this guy wants to this guy wants to put my eyeballs in a jar (laughs) right his response is that guy was so brave, which is <laughs> like, what, dude? Yeah. And so I can only come away from this thinking that J.K. Rowling hugely misinterpreted what people would take away from this scene. I mean, he names his kid Albus Severus, which is like a nightmare to me now. Yeah, the two most fucked up guys the two- and then he gets sorted into the Slytherin, and he's like, "Do I hate my son?" I named my son after the two most fucked up guys that I know, <laughs> and now he's in the bad guy house. Where did I go wrong? <sighs> I kept telling my son that if you love someone, you should put their eyeballs in the on the mantle. 
and now he's a serial killer. How could this happen? <sighs> yeah, it is. It is really something else. I. This is a true disaster. Yeah, a disaster on every level. It is. It. Yeah. It is just. It is destroying so many characters in one swoop here. Really? Yeah, because Snape is a serial killer now, and Dumbledore is the main villain of the entire series. D- except we're supposed to just move on from yeah. that. And like Pet- Petunia is weirdly sympathetic all of a sudden. The character who's probably the least sympathetic in the entire series. Uh, uh, I just yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here, and I just can't. We got evil Hogwarts, but not like I was thinking. <laughs> right? Yeah. We got Hogwarts as an evil institution, and that's okay because we need it. Uh, as opposed to evil Hogwarts must be dismantled brick by brick. Um, I don't know. I just I think that it this this whole chapter really, like I said at the top of this, is like a Rosetta Stone stone for J.K. Rowling's beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, because the constant here, despite Dumbledore saying at one point. Uh, maybe we sort too early and like almost uh, accepting some culpability for the fucked up stuff that's happening. Um, All these characters are born good or bad and are mapped directly onto a pre-written prophecy, uh, like outlining their life and what their life is going to mean to us, the readers, which is very funny to keep uh, uh uh to think about in conjunction with like dumbledore saying like oh prophecies can be broken or whatever earlier in book six or whatever mm-hmm. um and dumbledore's famous catchphrase being like it's it's what we do with with our choices harry that matters <laughs> um because that again does not seem to actually matter um but the 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 thing that makes this chapter special and and i think really um uh, uh uh makes it worth considering along with the rest of her work is that this really reveals the contempt that JK Rowling has for anyone who steps out of their like life plan mhm and it's like whether that is uh Snape for for daring to i mean like from i guess we don't know if he really fell in love with or just became serial killer style obsessed with but like you know uh uh uh, coming close to tainting lily's pure soul with his uh inherently nasty dirty one because he is poor and 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 mean and from a broken home and badly kept for um uh he is he is the bad guy forever for that lily is cursed to be a, a, a you know an evil waspy lady because uh she got a glimpse of a better world and wanted it for herself snape could have maybe turned away from darkness and like become a genuinely good guy except that dumbledore saw an opportunity to have a cool puppet and he just played him along and made him feel bad for his entire life not only that, but when Snape points out that uh, Harry is always breaking rules and has no regard for anyone else, he says, yeah, well, he's allowed to because that's his lot in life. He gets to, he's the hero of the story. So that's what he has to do. And I think you can 
I I feel like it's not unreasonable to draw a line from from this like bizarre contempt she has for anyone who steps out of line, disputes the hand that's given to them, and her transphobia. People who who people who deny what what you know the, their their god given path in life are doomed to destruction. I I like I I I feel like this is so unintentionally revealing of her like entire worldview here. It's fascinating to me. It's hard to deny how uh I can't say like genetics based it is mm-hmm. because obviously genetics don't come up. Um but Harry is born good, right? Yeah. He's born of Lily um who is also born good. Um and there is like an element of like Snape was born bad and it sort of does like this this um this illusion of like okay but his circumstances were also bad and and both things kind of molded him to be who he was. Um but like look at Harry and Dudley, right? Like there's that whole thing that that Dumbledore says to um to Petunia and Vernon that like Dudley is also being abused because he's being poisoned by his parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, in the way he acts, not, but there's also the like, oh, you made him fat too. Mm-hmm. And that's bad, but all that stuff. Um, but not Harry. Harry is not a victim of his circumstances because he was born good. He's James and Lily's kid. Right. He never met them. He was raised by Petunia and Vernon. Yeah. Right. But it's he was just born. He was born good, and he was born who who he was. Yeah. He was always going to resist, uh, whatever lessons Petunia and uh, and uh, Vernon imparted on him, because he is he is the Messiah, right? Hmm. Um. And and yeah, it's it's uh. It is so interesting to see in this chat, like, like I, you know, I think that this is uh, a veneer that we've been like peeling away at this whole series, right? But I think this chapter invokes the class stuff so much more, um, mm-hmm. and so directly that it that it's very convenient to have a chapter to just point to and go, like, no, she's always she's always just fucking. I mean, like, if, if, to me, this this chapter is so clearly written by the same woman who said no i i never had an apartment in scotland without heating i'm not stupid <laughs> yeah right like like uh, uh yeah like like her her i mean it's sad right like her her clear uh disgust for people in bad circumstances despite herself you know making making it out of them is is very sad and also unfortunately i think very common there are lots of people who have like genuinely suffered adversity and then once they're on the other side of it decide i made it out because i'm special Mm -hmm. and and this is this this entire story is dedicated to that idea that like just some people are special and it's not it's not a like class-wide injustice or or a, or a systemic problem that has caused this it's just that some people get it and some don't 
uh, and you either claw your way out or you don't. But the worst thing you can do is just complain. And and it's it's a poison worldview. Uh, and and this chapter, I think like I think little elements of this have popped up throughout this entire series of novels. But this chapter has it all, I think. Definitely. It's surreal to read just how how often it lays on like Snape's poor. James is well well kempt. Uh, uh, Lily is good. It's it's really something. It's very depressing. Yeah. It's it's a bummer. Um but at the same time it's it's there's there's comfort in reading this and and just going like nope, this was always this this was always the series. Like mm-hmm. this was always JK Rowling. Uh none of none of her behavior is a new development. This was just who she was the whole time. I'm really like sort of struck um by this chapter and the reason i like started thinking about it is because it feels like snape's story here this is supposed to be the big reveal of the question that has been asked by harry (laughs) the whole series and it was like what makes dumbledore trust snape right (laughs) this is the answer um and and i remember like being in the fandom before this book came out and people came up with like the most like uh, you know, complicated reasons as to why <laughs> Snape would have this change of heart or whatever. And, but the answer presented by the text is not what convinced Dumbledore to trust Snape. <laughs> like what made what what happened? So like what changed in his life so profoundly that we could we could truly believe that he was on the side of the light or whatever mm-hmm. it is? Because the answer is he never changed. Right. That was why Dumbledore could trust him because Dumbledore figured out exactly what kind of freak Snape was <laughs> and and that was it. And used right? that against like, him forever, there, yeah. That that was all it was, is he figured him out and just went with it. And and Snape never changed. There was never a moment that he changed in whatever we can know about his motivations or like who he is as a person. Right. He he was born and died as the exact same person. Yeah. 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 It's it's so funny, right? Because it's it, it, the the question ends up being it's it's not what what why does Dumbledore trust Snape? It's more like why the fuck does Snape trust Dumbledore? Uh and the answer is because uh he he has his number. More or less. Yeah, something about eyeballs, I guess. <laughs> he knows that he's an eyeball freak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's deeply, deeply dark. Um, and yet not actually addressed by the story one way or the other. This is it, it is it is very funny how this is just presented as facts. This is facts, story facts. Mm-hmm. Huh. And really, nobody changes in Harry Potter. Yeah. No. Who cha- who changes in Harry Potter? Hermione becomes the Joker. Herm- Hermione becomes the Joker and then just mom. Yeah. Uh, Ron becomes more bigoted. Yeah. After book one, but not because of character development, just because he kind of had to, to be a different character. Um. Harry stays the same. 
Yeah, he's just re- he just he is just the reader. Yeah, he is the hero. Uh, Dumbledore doesn't change. Dumbledore Dumbledore makes the same mistakes as we have lined out uh, uh, multiple times over his entire life. Mm-hmm. Snape doesn't change. And like the uh, honestly, these are the only characters. Oh, uh, Sirius doesn't change. Nope. Lupin doesn't change. Because I, I guess the, the the most you can say about Lupin is that he um he was. He joined a a Shakespeare troupe. (laughs) He joined a Shakespeare troupe and then like was was sort of like having cold feet about marrying Tonks and then got over it. And but that's But entirely off screen. Like there are like weird suggestions about character arcs that we are told about later. Yeah, Percy Uh, Neville changed. changed. Yeah. Neville (laughs) changed off screen. Uh, he's just a different person. Percy changed and we just heard it from him. Like, I changed. I just changed, you guys. I changed, you guys. I'm different now. No one who has an actual arc on the page changes. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know what? That can be a great story. Don Draper never changed. No. But that's not what this, that's not what Harry Potter's about. Uh, it is, it is just, it's, it's nihilistic, honestly. Like. Yeah. Could be cool. Yeah. Yeah, but instead it's like this weird liberal nihilism of just like like nothing changes, the status quo will never right itself. So all that like but but it's better than the alternative, so just maintain. Just maintain. Yeah, what's the alternative? An evil sorcerer? <laughs> right. Putting a scary statue in the in the government building? Yeah, he uh what if a what if an evil wizard came and uh, uh replaced the um subtly racist statue with an explicitly racist statue oh no that would be crazy we have to go back to our subtly racist statue (laughs) yeah it's it's grim but it but but i'm glad that we have this chapter to just act as like a complete and comprehensive map of everything that is fucking weird and bizarre about harry potter Mm-hmm. because it is yeah so i don't think snape is like a nice guy no <laughs> i don't think he's like an mra red pill no. guy no he's ted bundy yeah i mean you you could fill in the blanks with that fine like that maps but it's like entirely like an ass pole that like that's the other like we just don't know anything i think one of the weirder things about this chapter is how little um harry himself commentates it's yeah he does not does not seem to care at all that he is seeing his mom alive no not no and that's the thing is like when we saw james for the first time harry was like psyched (laughs) like he like that was a big part of it was seeing james through harry's eyes and harry was like oh my god my dad he's been my serious he's so handsome right like that was like something handsome this you get nothing, yeah, nothing from Harry, and and so so much so that you're like when when Harry describes Snape as looking at Lily, quote unquote, greedily. I'm like, is that actually Harry's voice or is that authorial? Is that yeah? Is that J.K. Rowling wanting us to read this as if we're watching a movie? And I think that that's the answer. But for us wanting to read it completely objectively, there's just not much there. Nothing. Harry Harry has no opinions on these honestly earth-shattering revelations about harrowing. Yeah, about Snape, about Dumbledore, about Lily. I yeah, he just has nothing to say about it. Um because because 
I think even though the prose in this chapter definitely returns to like classic JK Rowling style, um, the structure of this chapter is still deeply rooted in like they're making a movie out of this. I mean, like al- yeah. al- almost comically so, right? Like, yeah, like to the point where, like I said, there's line breaks that are just like, and then the scene changed. It's yeah. Like, okay, great, very creative. Thank you. It's uh, it, it's 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 so clearly a narrative that is like fully second person and authorial. I think because mm-hmm. Harry just has nothing. Harry has no comment on 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 anything. Despite lots of things happening that he should maybe comment on. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> this is not how I expected this chapter to go. I still think Snape is cool. Snape is cool. But he's like, he's like, he's like cool. You know, I, I thought that this ca- chapter would be really out of character for Snape. <laughs> and it like is sort of in that this is a new thing that he's got going on um but it really works pretty well with my um idea of him being like a badass spy who is like deeply deeply damaged yeah 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 so i'm like okay with that i guess yeah yeah it it, it, it's if you imagine the better version of this story where he's like a cool spy who's like making the best of this fucked up situation his boss put him in pretty cool i mean he's he's very james bond i think yeah right yeah yeah we were talking about this last night about like yeah he's brave in the same way that james bond is where you're like i guess right yeah <laughs> i think that i mean that makes the the line of harry calling him brave just like f- frankly very bizarre to me because i'm just like I, I guess like technically right yeah like he's obsessed with if you asked me is james bond brave is jason Bourne brave like yeah technically yeah he's getting shot at all the time yeah uh, but it's like you know, especially if we're talking like recent Bond, right? It's like the 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 Lily Vesper connection is pretty direct, right? Like, <laughs> like James Bond is like has a death wish, did like it's, there's this total death drive over over Vesper. Um, the difference is that like Vesper at least got to somewhat be a character in that first movie, and Lily never did. Uh, um, but yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's like yeah, I can see see why james bond behaves this way and i i guess if i imagine that this is a good book and i imagine that dumbledore is the bad guy mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense snape is his like cool second in command guy who who who's just super fucked up i just don't think dumbledore is supposed to be evil is he no he's not that is that is truly baffling yeah despite being in, in light of all of this despite being truly detestable in this chapter he is yeah he is not meant to be evil that is so weird. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really, really funny. Oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. Let's, this has exhausted let's me. Let's take a quick break, shall we? Um, yeah. And then we'll come back and, you know, as well as, well as uh, uh, you know, a, a fun little third segment treat. Um, I have some exciting news that I'm, uh, that, that I'm going to deliver to you. Um, so that'll be fun. And it is Snape related. So it's Wonderful. this is gonna be a, Thank God. this is a Snape extravaganza this episode. Great, great. So we will be back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. 
this book has been a trial. Would you agree? Yeah, is it over? <laughs> we got six chapters left. How? Five. Does that I'm include not... the epilogue or no? Uh, yes, I counted the epilogue as its own chapter. Okay. Um. Um. But yeah, we're we're in we're in. I I I said this when we were in the midst of like the first time the Battle of Hogwarts started, but like <laughs> I was like, damn. It can't get any crazier than this. And it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I thought we were going to be on like the downward slope by now. No, nope. that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we, you know, we, we're we're drained. Um, and, you know, I, as the host, I think, have a responsibility to to keep the morale up. Mm hmm. Um, you know, cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hosting, I'm, you know, but, 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 but the, who, who is the host without a co-host? Right. So I, with the help of, uh, uh, someone who tipped me off about it, mm-hmm. uh, I have made a purchase for the show. What? And, and. We're going to Minecraft Hogwarts. We're going to Minecraft Hogwarts. Yeah, I got us. <laughs> I got us tickets to Florida. Uh oh, I lost my passport. <laughs> um, no, that's not what what has happened. Uh, but I have acquired something very important mm. that that will close a show storyline. Oh. Uh, that I I I was I was banking on this showing up for like the last episode of the Harry Potter episodes. But uh, instead it showed up yesterday or day before yesterday. Maybe I can't remember now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, discord does not seem to be cooperating, so I'm just going to text it to you. Sure. Uh, the suspense has got to be killing you by this. Point. It is. Uh, okay. Perhaps, perhaps. I can barely, what? I can barely contain myself. This I is, can't imagine this, what it I, is. This is so fucked. Okay. The bar <laughs> stopped. What is wrong with your internet? Yeah, what is going on with my fucking internet? Did you get a text yet? No. <laughs> what? What's I'm going a- on? anxiously awaiting my text. Oh, attachments for images. Okay, are you ready for me to open it? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> i i have done it i have i have it's, tracked it it's it's so beautiful i tracked it down i tracked it down huge thanks oh my to, god to user cinema for alerting me <laughs> that they had seen someone on facebook selling this Holy shit. But I have acquired for you, as as, as my, my duty as host, to raise the co-host morale in these trying uh. chapters that we're reading. I have acquired for you the Black Milk Snape football jersey. I- <laughs> this is all I'm going to wear from now on. <laughs> I can fix him. <laughs> you can fix him. I If anyone can, you can. I believe in you. It's very good. So I I will post these images on the Twitter, obviously. But for those of you, I, I like I I I we've talked about it on the main episodes, I think. 
but this is a this is a common room. Yeah, I mean, I've legitimately looked for it too on several occasions, yeah. and there's always the other one that's not as good. Right, and I've been sent that one multiple times. I, I you know, people very helpfully have reached out and said like, "Hey, uh, I found this. Is this the one you're looking for?" And I've had to say like, "It's like, thank ah, you so it's much. close, but no." Yeah. But thank you so much. It is. It, but it's it's the other one where they just made like a shirt with him on. Um, but this is the the real ass jersey one that has like the 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 the, the like sports material at the top, um, and like <sighs> the the picture from on the back with the name. I am euphoric in this moment. <laughs> I'm so glad. I was so giddy when this showed up before our Prince's Tale episode. Yeah. Because this was from Facebook Marketplace, and it was, like, a little bit difficult to, like, get going, and, like, Ugh. I had, it, I ordered it so long ago, and I was like, I have no idea if it's even going to make it in time for us to finish book seven, but, but here it is. My, my gift to you, the Snape jersey that we have joked about for, like, two years at this Thank point. Thank you so much. I am, I am so excited. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, see, I envisioned it as, like, this will be a great wall hanging in your like pod studio, but oh. but th- but this is this is prime clothing, right? The, like, right. This yeah. is this is my podcaster's uniform. This is the podcasting uniform. That's right. Uh-huh. This is this is game day shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I. Wowie. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I found it. It's amazing. Thank you again to uh, Cinema for uh, uh, alerting me that this was being sold. But uh, but but hey, thanks to you for sticking it out for this whole book because wowie zowie, huh? Yeah, yeah. What a, what a fucking book. <laughs> anyway, a a a a, sh- a shrieking shack storyline comes to a close. The black milk Snape jersey has finally been acquired. Well, if anyone happens to see someone in a Snape jersey walking around town, it might just be me. It might just be Liz from the Shrieking Shack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so, I'm so tickled by this. It's really cool in person, honestly. I can't wait. It's, it's a very high resolution Snape. It Um, looks like it. It's very, they've, they've, they put their work in, they, they got a good picture of him. Um, the material- it also I mean, says Snape it's in the Harry in, Potter font in, in case, case you don't, don't know who it is it who says is his name on it oh god it's so powerful um, and yeah it's got that it's got that nice sporty material at the top so it looks mm-hmm. like a real, a real jersey yep there's those like sports stripes at the bottom too <laughs> it's an action pose and just a you know cross armed pose on one side it's good yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, a, a piece of art for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so there, there it is. There is the the big shrieking shack surprise. Amazing that I add in the mail. Um, and and for the rest of the third segment, I think we should keep the like the the good Snape vibes train rolling. Mm-hmm. We've been having a good time with Screen Rant. Yeah, and I think. You might we we should just uh, uh uh keep that ball rolling as kind of a counter to this bummer chapter. Sure. 
We're just going to search Snape on Screen Rant and you yeah. can pick any of these you want. I think I might lose my mind, though, because I the thing that I did not expect reading this chapter is just to be completely thrown for a loop on <laughs> the uh-huh. fandom perception of this chapter. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to have a lot of options here, I think. Yeah, definitely. So I'm just going to search Snape on Screen Rant and I'm just going to read you some titles. Basically, just stop me when you hear one that you want to do or um, uh, uh, maybe maybe uh, we get a couple in the quiver and then you can choose which one you want to go with. Sure. Um, but there's plenty to choose from. Number one, Harry Potter, 10 Innovations in Magic Pioneered by Severus Snape. Ten, really? Ten innovations. Hmm. Flying. No, I guess that's Voldemort's thing, though. Sword. Sword. Muffliato. Uh, potions better. Uh, crushing the bean instead of slicing the bean. <laughs> that's right. You have to crush the bean. Uh, uh, number two, who deserves more hate, James Potter or Severus Snape? <sighs> Number three, Harry Potter, the 10 saddest things about Snape. Number four, (laughs) Draco versus Snape. Who really deserved a redemption arc? Did Snape get one? I don't. Yeah, I don't know if this is a redemption arc. Uh, Next, Harry Potter, 10 hilarious memes that prove Snape cared for Harry. I think we might have done this one before, actually. He specifically didn't. Uh, next, Harry Potter, Snape's five greatest strengths and his five weaknesses. I want to hear that one. Okay. Okay. His his greatest strengths and weaknesses. (laughs) Snape definitely had a great deal of flaws and weaknesses, and he's overall not always a good person, but he does have some strengths. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Screen Rant. Of all the characters from the Harry Potter series, Severus Snape is one of the most controversial. Whether fans love him or hate him, he definitely brings up intense emotions for many people who enjoy the books. Some people are compelled by the character in his redemption arc, while others believe there's little redeemable about him. Snape definitely has a great deal of flaws and weaknesses. He's overall not always a good person. However, he does have some strengths that are worth talking about. Can we... I know we've said this like earlier in the show, but I feel like I haven't said it in a while. But can we please get rid of the idea that someone saying they like a character means they would want to hang out with them in real yeah, life? Yeah, this is a this is not even a Harry Potter specific one. This is like all character. You know, my my favorite characters in most things are like the worst people on the planet, right? Uh, because because there's other things that are cool about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you don't. But however, in this specific instance, you could fix him. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, of course. So. So there's that. Number 10. Weakness. He was really sensitive. (laughs) Okay, kind of a weird slam. Was he? While Severus Snape might intimidate his students and seem rather scary, he's actually rather sensitive himself. He's one of the type... (laughs) really pissed off when when harry called him a coward yeah that's true that's a good point he's one of the types of people who can dish it out but can't really take it he especially lashes out at his students because he has power over them but he still holds on to every slight that has ever been made against him (laughs) even if it happened decades ago i love him so much he's so cool this is a strength (laughs) yeah it is 
Nine. Strength. He put his life at risk to take down Voldemort. Brave like James Bond, yeah. Brave like James Bond. Fans of Snape usually talk about Snape switching from being a Death Eater to dedicating his life to taking down Voldemort. This did happen, but the situation and the motivations for doing so are rather complicated. Hmm. He wanted eyeball. Yeah, he's really... I mean... <sighs> whatever. You c- You could fix him. Uh, yeah. However, uh, while his motivations might have not have been pure, he did continue to stay committed to the task and risked his life and eventually gave his life to destroy Voldemort. This is one I have a a, 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 a quibble with, if you will. Mm-hmm. He did not give his life to destroy Voldemort. He got owned by Voldemort. Yeah. He, uh, he oh, Voldemort rolled a giant orb with a snake in it over to him. <laughs> and just kind of got his ass uh yeah and it not... was kind of worse for it because it's like now Voldemort has the elder one so it kind of made things worse <laughs> yeah he kind of died to uh make Voldemort stronger honestly it buffed Voldemort <laughs> number eight weakness he let his difficulties turn him into a cruel person I think he just was always a cruel person he was born evil Many of the characters in Harry Potter have had rather traumatic lives and childhoods. The series focuses on the theme of choice by showing similarities between (laughs) characters like Snape, Harry, and Voldemort. However, while some of the characters use what happened uh, to them to want to help others and be more compassionate, Snape became cruel. He wanted to see others hurt just like he did, and he turned from being abused to being abusive. Not, I mean, so uh, even symbolically in this chapter, like I talked a little bit about Lily, um, like being very angelic with her accidental magic and like flying and making mm-hmm. flowers bloom and stuff. And Snape's is like violence. He is yeah. born violent and bad. Yeah. He makes he makes branches fall on people. Allegedly, right? Like he's not, he's not, he's not able. He's not like making flowers grow as he walks through the garden right seven strength his magic and potion making ability that's true that's true while many of the points on this list are about snape's personality or his character he also has some strengths that have to do with his talents and skills he snape was really good at managing his skill tree mm-hmm. and, and talent points he was putting them in all the right places Snape was an amazing potion master, to the point of being better at making potions than the textbook when he was only a teen. He was also skilled at many other- He knew how to crush the bean. (laughs) He was crushing that bean (laughs) from an early age. He was also skilled at many other areas of magic, and he was overall a well-rounded and skilled wizard, even if potions was his speciality. Yeah, that's true. He could fly. He could I, fly. Also. I think that this is downplaying the specific thing that he could do, which was fly mm-hmm. like a giant bat. Yeah. And he, and he was he was the bean crusher. Mm-hmm. Number six weakness his tendency to bully others. <laughs> tendency. <laughs> tendency. A, yeah. One of the most frustrating things about Snape that makes it hard to argue for his goodness is how much of a bully he was. While he wasn't ever particularly nice to any of the adults around him, he was a complete bully to his students. Other than Slytherins, Snape bullied almost everyone, especially those he saw as weak or as a threat to him. From Neville to Hermione to Harry, Snape was awful. Yeah, he was like a mean guy. That was his character. Yeah, he sucks. He was a real asshole. It's great. Number five, strength. He was quite smart. 
This is true. He, he was so smart. He was smart and mean. That's the, that's the he's, character. He's smart and mean. He, a smart, mean, bean-crushing machine. <laughs> Given Snape's skills at potion making, it's not, it's not that surprising that he was smart. While Ravenclaw is the house most associated with intellect, Slytherins are known for being quite cunning. Snape was smart, and while he didn't always use his brain for intellect and brain and intellect for good, when he did do so, he could be quite powerful. Well, he's also powerful using it for bad. So <laughs> Yeah, that's sort of I don't know if like the power of your brain is really like a value judgment. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah, he could if he was doing good or evil, he had big brain. Yeah. When Snape's given his brain, it's it's always 110%. Yeah. Number four, strength. He was very determined. Uh, Snape definitely had many of the defining traits of Slytherin, and while this house often gets painted in a bad light, many of these traits aren't bad at all. Snape was very determined, and while this could be channeled into bad things, it could also be directed for good. Snape was able to put up with pretending to be back on Voldemort's side after he came back to power, and it would have taken a lot of commitment and determination to do so. I don't know what this is based on. This is really, you could say any character is determined and then just point out the stuff they did. <laughs> if a character makes stuff happen, that's determination. I mean, he never really, like, failed at anything, either. No. He just sort no. of did stuff. Yeah, he never, like, had to, we don't know how hard he was trying, really. Like was 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 his spying at like ten percent of his power, or was probably he not trying at all? It's probably all really easy. Yeah, because he's because he's cool and smart. Right. Three weakness. He didn't know how to care about other people. <laughs> That's a big weakness. I gotta say. <laughs> he didn't know how to care about other people. <laughs> Hmm. Snape does have a side of him that seems to crave connection and care from other people, but he clearly had no idea how to get this. <laughs> <laughs> I care about him. I crushed the. I'm crushing this bean so good. What, what more do you people want? <laughs> While he did have a real friendship with Lily in his youth, he ended up treating her cruelly. Do we know that? No, we, we really don't know that. I guess it's sort of implied, maybe, but most of the scenes we see are her going like, hey, you're a freak. You hang out with weirdos. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that you could, like, cherry pick scenes from any childhood. And, like, I'm sure that I, like, talk to people at my school that I didn't wasn't friends with. Yeah. Uh, he turned all of his hurt and anger towards her when he thought he loved Lily. While he thought he loved Lily when he didn't want Voldemort to kill her, his love for her was selfish. So, again, I don't think we really know anything about what his internal life was he like. He really liked her eyeballs is what we knew. Is what was, is, that's, that's about all we got out of that. Number two, strength. He followed through on his promises. For all of Snape's many, many faults and the awful things he did, he at least followed through on his promise to co and commitment to Dumbledore. Many fans have rightfully criticized the fact that Snape gets turned into a kind of hero and that even Harry seems to idolize him in the end. It's hard to believe that Snape really cared about others or was actually good, but he at least <laughs> followed through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he had he had no ethos. He had he did things for completely random reasons, but he sure did them. He did do them. He he did move. <laughs> number one weakness he really only cared about himself 
I don't. I don't I, think that's true. I think it's. I think he did not care about himself enough. Frankly, no, he had like a death wish. If he cared about himself only, he just would have walked away. All of Snape's biggest flaws can be explained by the fact he was selfish and self-serving. Yes, he did help Dumbledore, and he was instrumental in taking down Voldemort. However, he only did this because he was he himself was hurt by Lily's death. He didn't care about Harry and James being murdered, and he didn't care to treat other people well. He was very selfishly motivated in everything he did. If you, I mean, he could have just walked away and like drank himself to death or whatever. Right? Yeah. He 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 did did not really care about himself. He wanted the eyes. Yeah. That's what, what he wanted. He wanted some eyes in a jar. Yeah. Oh, that's 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 Snape's five greatest strengths and five weaknesses. Would you like to pick another one? Yeah, I do. I feel like there was another one that I was interested in and I've already forgotten. Okay, well, I'm going to I'll just read you some more and you can you can holler uh, when you hear another one. Yeah. Harry Potter, 10 things only book fans know about Severus Snape. Uh, Harry Potter, Snape's five worst mistakes and his five best decisions. Uh. 10 ways Snape got worse and worse. What does that mean? Ooh, worse Snape, and worse. How? Snape made strides throughout the Harry Potter narrative, but he regressed in some ways too. He stayed exactly the same the whole time. I would like to hear this argument. Okay. 10 ways he got worse. Number 10 is attitude towards Harry. From the first time Harry made eye contact with Snape, <laughs> it was clear the two were not going to be BFFs. Mm, that stayed the same. Yes. Yeah. Fast forward to Harry's first potion class, and Snape was taking every opportunity he could to mock Harry's fame and ability to answer his complex questions and so on. We mm -hmm. later learn exactly why he dislikes Harry so much, and their mutual resentment between them only grows over time. From disastrous occlumency lessons to incidents with flying cars and Half-Blood Prince identity revelations, Snape was utterly vile to Harry from the sp for the span of the series. Yeah, so that's stayed the same, yeah. Stayed the I same. I mean, like, Harry maybe had his opinion get worse over time about Snape. You could make that argument. Yeah. It's, they put a picture of it here. Reading this chapter and the weird focus <laughs> on the eyes thing makes the movie version of Snape where, like, Harry looks at Snape at the table and Snape, like, tugs his collar a little bit. Makes that very funny. Yeah. Like, he's just like, mm, I see some eyes I want on my mantelpiece. <laughs> no! I'm going to suck those bad boys out of that skull. <laughs> no. I'm going to get a big suction cup and go and get them out of there. Wait, I've been asking this question because there was that interview that JK Rowling did where she's like, you'll find out the significance of the eyes. Is this what she meant? <laughs> Snape, yep. wants, Snape wants those eyes. He wants the eyeballs. Snape wants those eyeballs. Number nine, his attitude <laughs> towards his colleagues. As fans will know, Snape is always presented in such a way that he appears to be downright villainous while working for the greater good from behind the scenes. This requires a lot of contempt and bullying directed at his fellow <laughs> professors. In Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, fans are supposed to feel sorry for the supposedly timid Quirrell, who is harassed by Snape on several occasions before revealing his true colors. When Remus... Well, hang on a second, though. Snape bullies Quirrell because he knows what the deal is. That's different. It's bullying for good. When Remus Lupin arrives as professor in Harry's third year, Snape is awful to him, too, for more personal reasons. All this culminates in a duel with Professor McGonagall. While we learn Snape's motives behind a lot of this, his cruelty, resentment, and jealousy is seen still seen growing. Not really. 
It seems like a constant. I mean, I think that he could have just killed her. Yeah. Yeah, he 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 did his cool like Looney Tunes jump out of the building <laughs> to avoid doing that specifically. Yeah. If anything, I still I I I maintain that it seemed like McGonagall and Snape kind of had like a frenemy relationship just seen through the eyes of like a resentful 11-year-old, you know? Yeah. But uh, you know, that's that's my that's my dumb read. I mean, that that read is way better than than criminal mind snape <laughs> that like snape was probably just an adult and a teacher that was kind of yeah. mean yeah it was know. kind of a mean adult and not like a guy who wants to suck uh, some eyeballs out of a skull and put them on on a on a trophy somewhere right eight his treatment of most of the other students so yes harry <laughs> and snape hated each other more or less equally throughout the course of the series but the potions master didn't stop at that he terrorized Neville Longbottom <laughs> to the extent that Neville's Bogart actually became Snape, simply because he was a clumsy student who struggled in class. He swooped upon and gleefully criticized any mistake that wasn't made by a Slytherin. Was he a proud head of house or just a vindictive teacher who only became crueler as time went on? That's right. It's option B. No, it's the, he's, the, he's the same the whole time. <laughs> he's the same the whole time. He's trying to be the most Slytherin. So, yeah. so, so Voldemort doesn't get suspicious. <laughs> they also, they chose um, a screen cap of the movie where he like pushes Harry and Ron's heads into their desk, mm-hmm. which is very funny. Uh, that's, that's just a, that, that, that is not the screenshot I was, I would go with if I wanted to say Snape was so fucking cruel. Like, yeah that's a cute scene he's goofing with the fellas in that scene (laughs) number seven his interest in the dark arts one of the primary reasons some of the major players had for distrusting snape as often as dumbledore's uh, protested his protege's innocence that is one hell of a sentence uh was his past with the death eaters this all stemmed from his childhood during which he developed a fascination with the dark arts that he carried with him his whole life when his friendship with Lily imploded, Snape found himself part of a questionable Hogwarts crowd. No, he was he was part of that crowd before. That's why their relationship imploded. It's because he was sorted into the bad crowd. He was sort yeah, he was he's he was granted access to the bad crowd by by evil trickster hat. Uh, he became a fully-fledged Death Eater very soon after leaving the school. He would then go to overhear Trelawney's fateful prophecy, inadvertently setting a catastrophic chain of dark events in motion. Later, his ghastly office and coveting of the dark Defense Against the Dark Arts post proved that his enthusiasm for dark magic didn't waver at all. What's his ghastly office? I can't did remember. Miss, did we miss that? I don't know. I, I think that might have been partially a movie thing, right? Oh, does he have, like, a cool office full of weird shit? I mean, I don't know. I think, like, maybe in one of the early books, Harry sees his office, and it's like, wow, there's a bunch of gross stuff in jars. Hope he doesn't want to put my eyeballs in a jar (laughs) on on the shelf. eyeballs in this jar. (laughs) (laughs) He was also the Half-Blood Prince, of course. What does that mean? I don't know what that means, because most of that was just like, here's how to make a potion better. Yeah. I guess it had sword spell. That's true. But again, I don't think that's inherently evil either. I don't think we really know anything about dark magic. No, we don't know what dark magic is. Number six, he became a member of Voldemort's inner circle. Yeah, that's not good. Well, it, well, 
I mean, yeah, no, but also he's a spy, so kind of it's good. It's actually good, yeah. As Snape, no, as, as, as fans know, Voldemort was not a man to set any stock in friendship, trust, or any other such bond. James Bond. <laughs> Aside from a, a select few people such as Bellatrix and Snape himself, Voldemort preferred to keep his allies at arm's length to use them for his own ends, discarding them when they had served their purpose, as happened to Snape in the end. Again, unlike Dumbledore. Right. <laughs> who definitely didn't treat people exactly this way, too. I wish Regar- I knew how Snape got into Voldemort's good graces, because it is a little remarkable. Yeah, he really put the, put the wool over his eyes, huh? Yeah, did he just, like, really do a very good, like, best friend routine to Voldemort? Like, how did that work? <laughs> yeah, I want to know. My, my lord, you can use the good controller. I will use the mad, <laughs> I will use the mad cat's controller today. Wow. Uh, regardless, he considered the potions master to be a faithful servant, regretting the need to kill him in order to take full control of the Elder Wand and cement his own immortality. Or so he thought. Snape was playing the part of the Dark Lord's lackey for the greater good, but the awful things he had to do to secure his trust cannot be understated. We don't know what those things like are. Like what, Screen Rant? From Dumbledore's killing, would Dumbledore asked him to do that. It was a mercy all. killing, and it was actually fine. <laughs> it was actually no, it was no problem. To Felicity Burbage's sad fate, that was Voldemort. He was literally just sitting there. He was sitting there. He was just chilling. <laughs> that wasn't his fault. Uh, Snape was complicit in all these horrors, which got steadily worse after the war ramped up. Seems like he was just always there. Again, that seems like a constant. It, it was he was always chilling by Voldemort's side. Mm-hmm. Five. His awful temper. It's ironic that Snape is a master of occlumency, the art of magically shielding one's mind from external sources. Gifted Occlumens are able, as Snape tells Harry, to hide their emotions, keeping their feelings in check and maintaining a calm and inscrutable exterior when they aren't shrieking and throwing jars around the room, as Snape has been known to do. Yeah, when you keep it all bottled up when it, yeah. you're at your spy job. Yeah. And then you're like off out out off hours, off the clock from your spy job. You're off the clock from your spy job and you have to teach this punk kid who's not <laughs> taking it seriously. And he has those eyeballs that you desperately want. Yeah, I'd get a little mad, you know? This all would hit so different if I was wearing the Snape jersey right now. <laughs> you Next episode, you will be wearing the Snape jersey as we record. That's right. I, I will deliver the Snape jersey to you so we can make that happen. Uh-huh. Most of his cruel deeds, his worst animosity towards Harry and others, emerges when he loses his temper. The night he called Lily a filthy mudblood, he lost more than he knew. In the books, we see even more of Snape's furious outbursts, revealing that he's only gotten worse over time in that department. It's the same! It's the same! I think he has, like, three outbursts total, too. He yells at Lily that one time, as a child. Um, he... He, like, flips out on Fudge in that one part that's really funny where he wants Sirius to go to jail. That part's mm-hmm. good. And then he tells Harry to knock it off when Harry's, like, looking at his jack-off memories. Yeah. Which I, you know what? If a teacher's gonna yell at you for anything, I feel like that one's pretty justified. <laughs> like, reading my diary, yeah. <laughs> right, like, step back into your office, and this kid who's, like, never respected you is, like, rummaging it. He's just, like, sitting at your computer reading your email. Like, <laughs> just, like, checking your book. Like, hey, you got some interesting stuff bookmarked here, man. 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go to your browser uh, your browser toolbar and type the letter P and see what automatically fills in. <laughs> Reading, I see see story of the eye in your browser history. What's up with that, Snape? <laughs> Uh, number four, he held on to petty grudges. That's a cool thing he did. As yeah, he's cool. That's sick that he did that. To be fair to the potions professor, he isn't the only guilty party here. When he encounters childlike archenemies Remus and Sirius again, <laughs> Sirius is just as petty, petulant, and snarky to him as he is to them. Uh, wait. Sir- okay, sorry. I need to take a running start at this sentence. Yeah. To be fair to the potions professor, he isn't the only guilty party here. When he encounters childhood arch enemies Remus and Sirius again, Sirius is just as petty, petulant, and snarky to him as he is to them at times. Okay, everyone is petty, petulant, and snarky. I understand. Yeah, and also my 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 reading comprehension is just like I I feel like a fuse just blew in my head somewhere. Yeah. We're concerned with Snape's conduct today, though, so we're pointing a finger at just him for now. Uh, they meet in the Shrieking Shack at the close of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, with Snape desperate for the chance to send Black off to the Dementors, and Lupin as his accomplice. Failing this, he settles for pushing Lupin into resigning, but always harbored huge resentment. The three men work together after briefly... Uh, oh, again, briefly in the course of their Order of the Phoenix duties, rarely missing the chance to have a sly dig at each other. Lupin tried his best to be civil. Considering what was at stake, they should have been beyond this. No, it's cool. It's funny. I like it when they bicker. That's like the best part. It's so fun. It's like the that's like the most personality book five has is when is when like Lupin and and Snape and Sirius are all like grown ass men sitting at the table going like at each other. Number three, he becomes more of an oppressive presence at Hogwarts. Actually, that is something I will say is very funny about this chapter. Um, Very funny that Dumbledore was like, you can't let the Caros get a grip over Hogwarts. Oops. Yeah. Whoopsie daisy. I think it sounded think, like it was pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, like me, I guess got beat up and like had to go into hiding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Snape succeeded on that one. As Dumbledore and Snape discuss in the books, it was imperative that Dumb- Voldemort trust the latter completely. If not, Snape wouldn't have been in a position to act against the Dark Lord's designs. He kept his cover and played his part so well that he was welcome in the upper echelons, even becoming a hog- headmaster of Hogwarts. Snape had always been a formidable figure at the school, the most vindictive teacher of all time, though Dolores Umbridge and Mad-Eye Moody as Barty Crouch might edge him out there. Uh, But all of this reached a new height as he became more influential. A figurehead of everything Voldemort stood for, which was widely believed, which he was widely believed to have supported himself. That was the plan. Yeah, that's on Dumbledore. Yeah, that's not. That's that's I don't, on I don't think that Snape wanted to be like the principal. I don't think he even wanted to be a teacher. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he likes teaching all that much. He just wants eyeballs. He just he just wants eyeballs. Number two. This one's weird. It's just a quote. It's Severus, please. Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, this... it's Dumbledore, right? It's, oh, Dumbledore. Yes, Dumbledore. Right. That's when Dumbledore wants him to kill him. Very funny yeah. the way they phrase this here, though. 
Of course, when it comes to Snape's most heinous deeds, the main thing that springs to mind is his killing Dumbledore. No! No, it was good, actually. Dumbledore said it was fine. He said it was good to do. (laughs) (laughs) Snape found the loophole. (laughs) Of course, when it comes to Snape's most heinous deeds, the main thing that springs to mind is his killing of Dumbledore. That fateful night on the Astronomy Tower, Mm -hmm. he took away Harry's greatest, wisest, and most powerful ally, dooming him to a seemingly impossible task alone. Of course, the killing was secretly arranged between the two men. It's secretly so, good. So it was secretly good, like we said. <laughs> and it devastated Snape to do it, but this act represented something even more. It, no, I it didn't. He was fine. He like literally was like, "Okay, do you want me to kill you now? Because I will." He that he like came to work the next day and we went to the painting of Dumbledore and was like, "All right, what's next?" Nothing. Nothing changed. No, he's fine. <laughs> Ah, from Harry's point of view, this was the moment Snape went from a mere vindictive vindictive teacher to an enemy in need of retribution. That's true. That is true. Uh, Yes, from Harry's perspective, that is true, I suppose. Number one, though, he hid everything that was good about himself. Uh, Like? Like... All in all, Snape's heroic reputation is still a topic of debate among fans. He had a pivotal role to play in the eventual downfall of Voldemort. Yes, but was he truly a good person? That's a heck of a question. He was sly. He was sadistic. Vindictive. So no. So no. Sometimes downright terrifying. Oh, I, this guy, this, this is such a good guy. He's sly, sadistic, and vindictive. He's pretty cool. <laughs> Perhaps the worst thing about him, though, is that he insisted on hiding his inner goodness. Yet again, he had his reasons for doing so, but in allowing himself to be presented as the villain, he became one. What? What? (laughs) See, people really fill in a lot of the blanks, I think. Although this might be some Alan Rickman Snape. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we we will really need the movie to get the full picture of like the fandom Snape. Yeah, because I I think they really do change it quite a lot in the in the film. He was sadistic, vindictive. Yet again, he allowed himself to be presented as the villain. He became one. <laughs> he didn't though, because Dumbledore said it was good. It was good. Dumbledore said it was good. It's fine. You've got to kill me. He kept more and more secrets only he kept more and more secrets as his life went on. Yeah, that's he he, yeah. he he kind of did everything perfectly. It wasn't there's no problem. Yeah. It all pretty much went according to plan. Yeah, it was like like I mean it was sad and he definitely got the short end of the stick, but like as far as like doing what Dumbledore told him to do for the sake of the plan, it kind of went off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. Really, the only hitch was that um, he had to, like, give Harry the memory goop yeah. instead of instead of uh, telling him face-to-face. What would that conversation have looked like, by the way? It should have happened. Yeah, if, but if, if Snape had convinced Voldemort that he had to go collect Harry, what was the plan? Was he going to, like, go, hey, Harry, guess what? You're, you've got to fucking die. I mean, I guess he would have kicked his ass again, right? Because Harry would have tried to fight him. Oh, yeah. And Snape That's would have true. kicked his ass, like, Snape for the third time. It would have been really cool. He'd be like, and listen then, to me. 
Yeah, it would have been like one of those cutscenes where like the the villain is like stomping on your neck or whatever, and like tells you the exposition, and then for whatever reason doesn't kill you. Yeah, classic, classic Call of Duty stuff, or you know, name any first person. Yeah, just just classic. But but like, there's no. So would he have been like, okay, so here's the thing. I did kill Dumbledore, but yes. but Dumbledore said it was good, actually, and he was dying anyway because of his what? fucked up hand. Do you remember his fucked up hand? And then it's like, and he also told me to tell you that you've got a chunk of Voldemort in your head. That's why you talk to snakes. You have to die, uh, and I will have your body so I can take your eyes out after <laughs> you die. And when you die, I get your eyeballs. So that's, that's the that's the info drop <laughs> for you. How, Harry would not have believed that is the thing. So I'm curious, like, would he have would he have taken Harry to the painting painting of Dumbledore, and the Dumbledore painting would have been like, "Hi, Harry. Yes, this is correct. Yes, it's all true. It's all true." Or or would he have just done the same thing? So like, hey, let's go to my office. I've got some goop to show you. Right. I. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm very curious. What would the he have like eraser headed the goop into him? <laughs> Check this out. Check out my cringe compilation, Harry. Yeah, he should have done that. <laughs> Check out my personal cringe compilation, and then Harry, <laughs> Harry would have like pulled his head out of the bucket and been like, "Wow, you are one sick puppy." And Voldemort's like, "Can I have your eyeballs, please?" <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what the alternative to the way the plan went. I mean, I guess the answer is that Dumbledore planned it all along. Dumbledore was like, ah, you are just, you are perfectly friends enough with Voldemort for him to realize the wand technicality just in time for Harry to see it while he's crawling through a vent. Mm -hmm. And it'll all work out. Mm -hmm. And and his eyes are going to be safe. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Screen Rant, for providing constant, powerful Snape content. There's so much more, too, we could do. Jesus Christ. Have I gone crazy reading this chapter? Uh, maybe. Maybe? Like, in what sense? Maybe. I just... I thought I was going to be, like, really pissed off. Yeah. And I'm not as pissed off as I thought. Right. But it's sort of like when you have such a different read of something than like literally every other person. I'm mm-hmm. like, am I, have I lost my mind? <laughs> no, I don't I've... understand how people talk about the story. Yeah, I, I, I've got to assume that a lot of it is movie poisoning. Yeah. And I think another part of it is maybe like, I mean, like you said, you, you pointed out like there's a lot of gap filling. Right? Yeah. And I guess like filling in, oh, Snape was in love with Lily and is doing it to honor her is a way you could fill those gaps. But I think that there's enough in the text that sort of goes against that at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that J.K. Rowling, like, uh, more or less, uh, like, endorsing that read probably just made it like the read, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, she she is so much more hands-on or was more hands-on with the fandom than, like, a lot of other authors, right? Like, a lot of other authors don't talk about their stories like this. Yeah. Um, They, they either refuse to talk about it at all and just want it to speak for itself, or they 
kind of talk about it in like broader terms or like their inspirations or like the themes, but like, like very few, I feel creators get this down in the weeds and the specifics with their fandoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, 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 I wonder if maybe that's part of it is just like, because JK Rowling, I mean, she talked about Snape a lot, that thread that we read in, in the main segment i don't think was the only time she ever talked about him right i mean people are very upset that harry named his kid after snape yeah because they read him as a creep right yeah because he's he's written like a creep for sure in this in this segment but Um, a different kind of creep different kind um just sort of a weird energy for sure um and so i think that's why she weighed in because the complaining about it got really really loud and her explanation yeah. being that harry has like survivor's guilt from the battle of hogwarts <laughs> and, and and thinks that naming his kid after snape will somehow absolve it's like in forgiving snape he can forgive himself is like such a bonkers thing for an author to say yeah because it's an entirely in-universe explanation that right. isn't really about the themes or uh-huh. like what the story is trying to say it's like speculating about harry's emotional state (laughs) right yeah it's like it's like short fanfic about her own novel Uh uh-huh i think that's a perfectly reasonable thing for like a a fan to like read into the story and write as a fic uh, like a fix it fic or something sure but it's so funny to see the author herself being like oh no this is exactly why this happened it's like really is it okay i don't believe you but sure and was jenny just like okay yeah, yeah, how does Ginny feel about that? Like, what? Oh, Albus Severus, huh? Yeah, Albus, okay. okay. Uh, tell me about Lily again, by the way, and what she looked like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Concerning, concerning stuff. Really concerning pattern of behavior here. We God, we didn't even mention that part when we were talking about Lily and, uh, like Harry's non-reaction to Lily in these memories. Yeah, nothing. Is nothing like, from him. I mean, but that's the that's the thing is like he's not learning anything about her. No. I, I think that that is like sort of where I keep coming back to is like James is a person. We don't see much of him, but like <laughs> Harry had to be like, oh, he was a person who lived that had flaws and good parts of him mm-hmm. and he loved me. And he died. And Lily doesn't get that. No, Lily was a perfect angel from start to finish who had no flaws. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, I I'm with you. I I don't think I like I, I still found this a very fascinating and frustrating chapter, but like just not at all in the ways that I expected. Um, I, I, I was like you, I think, expecting to have a lot to say about like, like the Snape, the the Snape redemption arc attempt and Mm -hmm. like the romance angle. There is no redemption arc there. Yeah, there's nothing. That's that. That is not who this character is. Uh, really the, the, the only part of this that is a redemption arc is Harry saying in several chapters that he thought Snape was brave. He has mm-hmm. no opinions of it uh, on him in this chapter. I think the wild thing is, is there is like an easy 
cheaper way of writing this, which is that Snape lost something and is like, oh, I realize the bad guys aren't all they cracked up to be, aren't all they're cracked up to be or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like realizing that they're bad. That that doesn't happen. <laughs> that does not happen in this chapter. He is all about the eyeballs. Yeah, he doesn't care. He does not give a single fuck. He has I no ideology. Makes, I guess that makes him a really good spy. Yeah. I mean, f really. And in that way, he feels almost like a very consistently written character. He doesn't change. Of course he would be a good spy. He doesn't care about anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, he, he is completely detached from the scenario. He has no stake in this. He doesn't care about watching Charity Burbage die. <laughs> right, yeah, no, he doesn't give a shit at all. But like, yeah, he's there to do a like, job. You, right, and if you t if you take it like that, like, yeah, he was born evil, right? Of course, you need a born evil guy to be your spy. Yeah, you, you gotta just... you gotta hang some eyeballs over his head, and and that's it. Right, that's the only thing, and that's the only way Dumbledore can control him. It's not that he is appealing to to any of Snape's innate goodness or anything, or like like a desire to work for the greater good. He just recognizes that Snape is a like a beast that he can wrangle. As long as he, like, puts the right carrot in front of him. I mean, that's why I think that, like, saying, even going so far as to criticize Snape as, like, he's not the romantic hero you think he is. It's like, yeah, he is. He's much more like a James Bond, right? Than, right. Than, like, a tragic hero. But only because, like, you can't really be very mad at a guy who was, like, born evil. <laughs> he's a cool anti-hero. Yeah. In that sense, right? Like, it's, like, if anything, this chapter... Uh, uh, fully explains why there's still such a persisting like fandom around thinking Snape is cool because he mm -hmm. kind of fucking is in like a weird bad guy way, right? Like he's just a very enigmatic like villain, uh, or you know antihero in this case. Yeah. Um, he has all the same like the same just like like objectively bad traits that a lot of like nonetheless very uh charming characters have in a lot mm -hmm. of stories i mean he's not much different from like i don't know boba fett right <laughs> from that perspective right or like yeah and he is very mercenary right it's just that in this case he doesn't care about money he cares about like some weird sort of manipulated by dumbledore idea of someone's like immortal legacy yeah but we yeah. don't get to actually hear about that because jk rowling thinks that it just makes sense because she's obsessed <laughs> with family trees and like <laughs> how you're born and all this stuff so it feels crazy that snape does because there's it's, there's no explanation offered because it's like well duh i'm sorry i could talk about this forever <laughs> this is like this is like blowing my mind i yeah. i went into this chapter expecting a few different things and i got something like so entirely out of left field i'm <laughs> i'm still in shock <laughs> yeah no i uh i agree i could also keep talking about this chapter forever but we have gone extra long i here. know i know uh, it's the great snape debate it's the great snape debate and we are we are we're we survived we survived the debate and and you know what you, you like you may have gotten a a real like curveball of a chapter here, mm -hmm. but you also got a jersey out of it. I did. I'm so excited, <laughs> and I feel fully like validated in my love for Snape too. So I will wear it with pride. <laughs> 
All right. Well, we will take it to the close. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. Uh, we're talking about Higurashi. We're talking about video games. We're talking about other books we've read. There's lots and lots of fun bonus content there for you. And of course, you get the main episodes a few days early. Um, and Liz, what are we reading next week? Um, books over. <laughs> Sorry, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it isn't. Uh, <laughs> next week, we're reading chapter 34. It's called The Forest Again. <laughs> You know it's going to be exciting when that's the title of the chapter. We're in the fucking forest again. We're going back to the fucking forest. Well, even if that sounds incredibly exciting, please read another book. Please read another book. You'll find all shapes and sizes If you go into the dream But there's a lady here there Makes ocean raw seem tame Better know what you're after If you catch her eye Cause this hot mama Is just a cat in disguise